The Greenlight Podcast will see clearly now with Oakley jumping into the podcast game. Head to oakley.com for the greatest shades in the game. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me, try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com, O-A-K-L-E-Y, for more information today. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. A fun show for you today. You're going to hear Chris Kylan making a full episode with seemingly two parts. Those two parts recorded probably about a month and a half, two months apart. We have Tin Cup, the Tin Cup movie review, long awaited, much anticipated. We had a blast rewatching this movie. We're going to talk our favorite scenes, best moments, underrated actors, and maybe some plot holes too. This might have been the movie that got Chris and Macon into golf. You never know. And then we have a 90s nostalgia draft. Chris, Macon, and Kyle draft their favorite nostalgia moments, memories, items from their childhood. Growing up in the 90s, they'll have a lot. They're going to go through them all. See how many you can relate to. Maybe you don't relate to any. Maybe you know the whole board they have. Chris is going to give a little background on that draft in the open. So go into it with an open mind. You'll hear a little more. But just give us some honest feedback on it. And in that open, Chris is also going to tackle his final Montana update. He's coming back this weekend. He's going to decide his best and worst guys of the week. And he's going to talk about the Somalian Sprinter, if you heard that story. Y'all, please enjoy the episode. We will be back next week. All right, guys, I got some studio time here in Montana. Dr. Fax and his lovely lady have driven to Big Fork, Montana, one of the best cities on the planet, to eat dinner. So I slid into the guest house, which is my studio, and uh, it looks a little bit different in here. I heard on Fax and the King that Dr. Fax was complaining about the fact that we don't have any wash rags. And I want to remind people of the very cultural discussion we had about washing our asses. Uh I don't know. Nothing's stopping him from grabbing one of the hand towels. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even want to ask. Uh, but what is in studio or in the guest house is Pokemon cards <laughs> uh, and backwoods. <laughs> you know, like if I were a detective and I wanted to know if my friend Nate Collins was somewhere, I'd look for those two items, uh, and he is here. Uh, not here right now. So I'm able to do the podcast. Did Meg happen to listen to facts in the King? Because, uh, Nate was nervous that she would, because he was doing something that he thought she might not be happy with. Well, I had to stop him from like opening his big mouth about it at dinner. I was like, listen, I think it's really funny that you're feeding the deer chicken wings here, but shut the fuck up at dinner. Okay. Like be cool. 
Meg is livid about these deer. They're eating all our plants, okay? And, like, we can't deer fence the place. So what does Nate do the first night? He's on the beach. He's got a name for this deer. He's feeding it chicken wings. He said on Facts and the King that the next morning there were four of them back, and they were looking for meat. So, like, Facts so far, mixed reviews on on uh, on Facts as a house guest here in Montana. No, it has been great. It's It's been great having Nate here. Uh, he is a fucking, he is a 70 year old man in, in a way, in a, in a 34 year old's body. Like he went to the Elks Lodge to eat breakfast one day. It was $5, okay. right? $5 pancakes. Yeah. 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 The bell rings and a six foot four black guy walks in, <laughs> in Bolton, Montana at the Elks Lodge. <laughs> you think people had a crick in their neck from turning and following him down the the aisle there as he ordered his big breakfast he said it was awesome he said he made new friends not surprising he's one of the friendliest people on the planet he can talk to anybody he can talk to that wall over there um he's been to a local casino he's been to the quituck the local casino hit a machine for 160 dollars uh he can make friends with anybody he's he told me about five people he met at the casino so one thing i want to say about nate great with kids he is an expecting father. I know Kyle gave him some ribbing about celebrating Father's Day before the kid actually like arrived. Uh, but I think he deserves it. The guy is short of overbearing, but a terrific expecting father. He uh, asked for a sea ride today with him and his lovely lady. And uh, I don't think he exceeded 20 miles an hour on that thing. I was watching him in the bay. He didn't even... He didn't even test the the boundaries on the map. Didn't go around the corner or anything. So what is uh, the what is the max speed? Seventy. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'll get the boy. I'll get the boys on there and go seventy. I look at Luke's face. <laughs> he looks like one of those dogs in a sidecar. <laughs> it's an amazing machine. But today it was like we've got a couple house guests and I had to sit on the dock for like an hour and a half and people were just cycling through, taking trips on the sea. It's like one of those things. One person asks. And then, you know, it's like monkey see, monkey do. Everybody's like, I want to ride the sea do. I want to ride the sea do. And I feel like my dad, I got to explain all the buttons. See, this thing has reverse. That's what makes it different. Reverse is your friend. <laughs> Shit like that. I catch myself acting like my dad. Uh, so anyways, facts has been great. We are headed back. Like, listen, the, the forest fires up here in Northwest Montana, they're not apocalyptic, but it is very smoky. The AQ is like 156. Your boy's looking across, you know, the bay to the Mission Mountains, and I'm not seeing them. Last night we had a sturgeon moon, which is like supposedly very cool. It's an August full moon. Uh, and the thing's like red, you know, like the, the smoke in the air makes it really eerie at night. And if it weren't for the forest fires, you'd be like, damn, that's beautiful. But we can't see shit. The air quality's not great june bug we can't take her outside so we're headed back friday and i can't wait to get back in studio uh a lot going on this kind this time of year it's like training camp without the hitting for me like i feel like it's coming but i don't have to get hit and uh i can't wait for football i can't wait to get into it i want to say hello to canton ohio canton ohio hello over modulated on the last pod read i did my homework on myself a little self scout there uh canton ohio Dude, I don't know if it's a thing this time of year. It's kind of like when people are like, what am I going to do every Sunday the rest of the year? Like, what could I possibly 
do with myself now that football's over. And I feel like there's this dedicated movement as a media group at large where we have to act like we don't have anything else to do but watch football. There are people acting like they're excited about the Hall of Fame game. Okay. We don't have to do that. You don't have to act like that. I'll turn it on. Uh, and for a lot of guys, it is the opportunity of a lifetime. There are a ton of guys who are going to play in that game who, you know, might not be in the NFL very long at all. And uh, I think it's cool for them. But for me, the viewer, I'm lukewarm on it. Not to mention, I like to tell the story this time of year. Reed's heard it probably five times now. I've heard a new listener. Uh, I was one of the old CBA guys back in the day. That is before they changed training camp. Like when we used to have to practice every day. Uh, there were two-a-days. We had to wear pads and shit like that. I sound like my dad again. But, you know, like camp was a bitch and um we had this cba coming up and there was this collision course and we knew there might be you know um a strike or whatever you want to call it like there would be stoppage and we had canton on our preseason schedule and when you have canton on your preseason schedule it's a cool trip it's fun my rookie year i went there for the rookie symposium, they had like some like, you know, history component of the deal. And we went there and I can remember playing cards late at night with Chris Johnson, who's in my draft class and a couple guys like we had no idea what was in front of us. You look back, it's crazy thinking about that little cramped room in Canton at the Hall of Fame up late drinking Sixers and playing cards and that sort of stuff. But, I, you know, I was supposed to go there to play a football game. And what that means, you got five preseason games and. I didn't want to play in that fucking game. It's not like you get anything back for playing in that game. It's like teams that have to go to London and don't get a bye week. You're kind of looking around like there's nothing you can do for me. Uh, nah. So the stoppage happened. Uh, and to my delight, it went into the season at least like 10 days. And it just totally eliminated the, the Hall of Fame game for your boy. So that was a huge deal. I'm very thankful I've never played in it, but it is objectively cool. If I were a spectator at the game, enjoying the Hall of Fame, seeing the bus, you know, seeing the guys go out and wave and that sort of thing. But it's a cool deal. My dad goes every year. So um, he's headed to Canton this Friday. Uh, I think Matuzak is getting in. He's a big Matuzak guy. So he goes every year because, you know, like that's what they do. And you run into a lot of guys. It's got to be one of the coolest parties, one of the coolest fraternities to kind of just get together and run into Lawrence Taylor, my buddy Lawrence Taylor, or my buddy Lynn Swan, or my buddy Joe Montana. You know, like pretty casual uh, dad. You got some cool friends. Um, so he's going to head up there this weekend. That game's coming up. I think it's Thursday. So that's tonight for you guys. Enjoy. Yep. You got I won't Joe be watching. You got Joe Thomas going in, Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, Darrell Rivas. Star-studded, man, star-studded. And, you know, with Joe Thomas being a Cleveland Brown, I mean, like, this is going to be a special weekend for him in particular, and I, I bet it's got to be a lot of fun. You know, the guy that skipped the draft, he's def <laughs> definitely not skipping this weekend. You want right. to do this weekend. Uh, so congrats to all those guys. Enjoy the game if you do watch it. Football is back. It's in the air. Golf is in the air today, man. We've talked about golf a little bit. We did this tin cup review before I left town for Montana. I don't remember if the the review was any good, uh, but the movie was was fun. Like we loved the movie. I fucking loved it. So, my favorite Kevin Costner character. 
possibly. Well, we did it. Um, it inspired you to change your profile picture on, I think, Twitter and Instagram because uh, you were so enthralled and, and impressed with Costner's uh, wardrobe from the movie that that you threw on some similar looking fits. Man, I've gone through a lot of phases, man. You know, I've got I had the bleach hair in high school. I had the man bun. I've even rocked cornrows in college, man. You know, my, my buddies did me some cornrows for one of the games and I played pretty well in the cornrows, but they don't really stay. Uh, shout out to Saida Williams, who did my rows in the apartment there uh, in Charlottesville. I've, I've had a lot of phases, man, you know, like uh, mullet, which isn't really a phase. I would rock the mullet. That's my favorite phase, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, but yeah, this is another one. I want to look like Roy McAvoy, dude. I want to wear linen pants and uh, an A-shirt and an unbutt- unbuttoned, you know, short sleeve button down and look like I'm you know, a little mysterious. Like, where the fuck did this guy come from? And through the glasses. Yeah, glasses, nice pair of Oakleys there, and um, some, some, you know, like dock shoes, some loafers, but not like making loafers. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you know the difference between like Kevin Costner loafers and making loafers. So anyways, I've gone through a lot of phases, man. You know, uh, am I the soccer kit guy or am I Roy McAvoy? I got to make that decision before I get home. So you'll have Tin Cup today, and then we – can we talk about this? Let's hear it. The, the draft. <laughs> so, listen, I, I've the other day I was like, damn, I'm fucking burnt out. And I was like, when do I get a – oh, I just had a break. Like, the days are running together. I think I just need to get home. The baby thing is definitely like a family of three. I've been gushing about it, but the honeymoon stage is over. It's a lot like camp. You know, like the baby has had a tough day and the trickle down effect is if the coach is having a tough day, the players are going to have a tough day too. And you know, if, 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 if the, the owner of the baby is having a tough day, the coach is, you know, he's stressed out. That's my wife. And then, and then me, the player, like it's fucking hell week, you know, and she's, she's been killing it, but I'm just telling you, like you feel the stress when the baby's not having a good day, she's been crushing it. But anyways, I've been kind of stressed out or whatever. And coming off that wedding, my dopamine's like at a zero. And, you know, like it's two nights of drinking. It's all this shit. I've had house guests after house guests. There's fucking forest fires up here. That's why I'm going home. This is like kind of apocalyptic. I'm on the dock. I'm watching like fires across the bay. It's crazy at night. It looks like, I don't know, like Jesse from Firestorm should be there. <laughs> anyways, um, I was stressed and, you know, I kind of let Macon drive the other day and I was like, hey, why don't you pick what we do in the C block of the show? And he was like, why don't we do a 90s nostalgia draft? Which to me is like, you know, initially guilty as charged. I'm thinking the worst. I'm like, oh, Macon just doesn't want to do any fucking work. Like this is the easiest thing. How many like times can I draft blockbuster video trolls like the, no, no spoilers? There's a lot of picks that come to mind when you think about the 90s. If you're a 38 year old dude. And I'm like, it's probably not going to go well. He wants to do nine rounds. He said, I want to do nine rounds for the 90s. And then, you know, we're trying to get a time from Big Kyle. Like, what time can you come sit down in the in the guest house here and record a pod? You know, competing with golf is hard. Kyle's like, I'm playing nine holes in the morning. You want to play? I'm like, no. Are you going to podcast with us around one? You know, like 11 o'clock comes, we're playing 18. I got a text at one. I had no idea people did this. The motherfuckers played 27 holes. (laughs) Okay. He's done two turns. 
And I'm like wondering when I'm going to get the talent here. And I'm wondering if the talent's going to be prepared and he's showing up and he's drafting things that I, quite frankly, I don't even know we're on the board. A lot of them weren't from the nineties. <laughs> yeah. He's slicing his draft picks. He's, he's just, he's just, it's air errant picks out here. And my fucking engagement level is low. Like, you know, sometimes I get stressed out doing this pod. I'm going to use today. Cause today's just a shit show. We've got, We've got some like tin cup for you that we recorded a month ago. We've got a draft that we were so terrified of how bad it was. We didn't put it out the other day. We're going to put it out today. Like, but maybe it's good. So stick around and tell us. But the point is sometimes I got to be honest, Reed, you know me like the back of your hand at this point, unfortunately, but like sometimes I hate our stuff. And sometimes it's because I hate hearing myself talk. And sometimes I want to shut the fuck up and let the other people do the work. And sometimes I come in and I'm like, maybe I should just flatline today energy wise and see what happens. And that's kind of what happened the other day. And so I did that. And at the end of it, I was like, oh, it's kind of, it was okay. There was some okay stuff. I, whatever. Like people like the pauses and the talking over each other and the awkwardness, you know, like sometimes I don't know what a fucking podcast is anymore. Some of them I listen to them and I'm like, it's just people in a room for three hours and there's no cuts like it's just like whatever the fuck they want to talk about i don't know if you like the football stuff i don't know if you like the drafts so my head's spinning i was just in one of those moods and i finish and i'm like how do how do you guys think that draft was and matt says one out of five probably would be the worst piece of content we put out and i go to reed and he gives me and reed likes everything we could fart into the microphone and reed would be like it's a pretty good show Reed was like, yeah. <laughs> so I said, fuck. What did we just do for 45 minutes? It was. And it, it, it is it is pretty uh, all over the place. But it is like you guys definitely had fun. As well, well I want to apologize and level set expectations. I mean, you got to want to listen now. You're like, how bad right. could it be? And, you know, it's like the wedding speech thing, under promise, over deliver. So here it is. I mean, after Tin Cup, after you listen to an entire an entire movie review, uh, then we've got a 90s draft. So we're just dumping it on you today. Take the weekend, break it up, enjoy it, listen to it however you want to listen to it. Um, but that's that's where we are right now. Uh, so- 90s, 90s nostalgia, was it was a good topic. Uh, a wide ranging topic and honestly too wide. a little too wide, but I mean, it, it brought out some great, you know, picks as you pointed out, you know, Kyle had some good ones. I actually, I, um, picked the dog up today from daycare and I was taking her home and on the way I passed my old elementary school. And so I stopped and we were running around the soccer field and it brought back a lot of nineties nostalgia moments because honestly your nineties nostalgia moments were much different than my nineties nostalgia moments. Cause I was Yours seven. Were like, at breast the end milk. Of, you're right, right. <laughs> breast milk and <laughs> and uh yeah, I was kindergarten in nineteen ninety-nine. So Yeah, dude, you're young. Well, I got an interesting uh high school anecdote today actually dovetails nicely. I just wanted to tell this story. I'm out and about in Montana. And by the way, I'm trying to beat the edible to the end of this open. Okay, so <laughs> buckle up. Like I'm starting to feel it here, guys. Um so I run to this guy. He's a big fucking fan of the pod. <laughs> and he decides to tell me an interesting story. He's like, you know, sports. I love sports. You know, actually how uh, my grandmother got pregnant the first time. And I'm like, where the fuck is this going, buddy? 
uh, he's like, well, you know, rural Montana town, people used to just go out to the cars. I guess they just went out to the Model T's and did their business. <laughs> but there was this cute guy, and uh, she was she was on the edge of courtship, I suppose. And she tells the guy, I'll take you to the Model T if you score 32 points tonight in the basketball game. And this is like 1940, dude. This is like <laughs> wartime. So, you know, it's a little bit like uh, Independence Day where you don't know if tomorrow's coming. Like, it's now's the time to go out to the Model T. The guy scores 34 points, just ekes it, just ekes his way into the Model T. But can you imagine that circumstance? Like, how much they were passing that guy the ball. It was like Kobe's last game. That's what I have in my head. A rural 1940s Hoosiers-looking gym, and this fucking guy's Kobe Bryant because he, he and his teammates want him to go to the Model T. He was 17 for 80. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was just chucking it up there. He's, he's just chucking it up there. Anyways, I got one or two more things, uh, and then we'll get the tin cup. I want to give you a layup line, guys. I want to give you the uh, Chariots of Fire theme. Any guesses of why? I think it might have to do with a certain race that was run the other day. It was. And I don't know exactly which race it was, but I saw a woman do something that I have never seen a runner do in my life. Nazra Abukar Ali skipped in the air as she crossed the finish line 20 seconds after the starting gun, 100 meters. All right, I sat here, all right, I did the math, 20 seconds, 5 meters a second. Initially, I fucked up the conversion by like a zero, and I actually <laughs> believed it. That's how slow she looked. I, I sat there at my computer and it said 1.18 miles per hour. And I said, yeah, that looks about right. Then I used the calculator app. It's 11.18 miles per hour. Okay. I Listen, so I'm Googling what animals run this fast. The whole thing. Okay. The background is she's somebody's niece. She sticks out like a sore thumb. She can't run. She She can't even run a little bit. She can't like run like regular person run, dude. Like if I saw that woman running through the park, I'd be like, "Ugh." She looks that's... like me. She looks like me running to first base. Uh, she did. No, <laughs> you're being hard on yourself. But chicken, eight mile an hour. Domestic pig, eleven mile an hour. Squirrel, twelve miles an hour. Dude, like this woman's losing a race to a squirrel. I uh, incredible. Incredible. I've never seen anything like it in my life, man. So this was the World University Games in China, and she's the niece of the Somalian um, the uh, Somalian National Athletics Federation chairwoman. Um, and so she might have – it seems like she might have gotten a little special treatment uh, because yeah. this race was over before you know she probably even looked up from her get-off. Every SEC school just rescinded her offer. She just can't run. She can't run. And I got to thinking, uh, these are the five sports, Olympic sports that I would most like to see uh, somebody's niece or nephew just get teleported into. Okay. Number five, wrestling. Rulon Gardner just breaking some Russian oligarchs 
uh, nephew's arm. Greco I mean, Roman. electric sailing, sailing. People don't think about sailing. You know what happened if somebody's niece was doing sailing? The thing's going sixty <laughs> miles an hour. There's gale force winds, boat crashes. Man, I look at boat crashes on Instagram like on loop. Okay, number three, diving, big collision with the water. People who don't know how to dive, they don't know how to dive. Self-explanatory. Especially number from one, all the way up that had like the 10 meter platforms, they That's would jump and just try to flap, try to fly. I want to see, uh, I want to see prop bets on this stuff. Okay. Like the top two, <laughs> two acrobatic gymnastics. Give it a, give it a shot. Okay. As long as there's no cervical spine injuries, I'd love to see it. Okay. And number one, artistic gymnastics. <laughs> This is the sport that anybody for a split second out there on that mat feeling that energy has to know they have a shot to win. Like, I just, it's art. It's subjective. Okay? Like, I have a chance to be an Olympian. When you walk on that mat and you're an artistic gymnast, you have a chance to be an Olympian. I don't well, care who you are. That's Will Farrell from old school, right? When he's dancing around the gym. <laughs> Waving his, you know, wand in uh, yes, Ari Gold's dude. face. Yeah. So yeah. this fucking video, 20 million views, and it's a lot of time, Reed. We're we're content guys. What is the retention rate on this video? It has to be incredible. Yeah. I need I need her and Rich Eisen on a social <laughs> like five minutes ago, running next to each other. Can you guys pull that off? Yeah. Actually, that's great. We have to outsource that. I need that fucking video. I need, <laughs> I need, I need Nasra Abukar Ali and Rich Eisen in Indianapolis. Can we do that? Fucking Taekwondo, Judo, Karate. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. So that wouldn't be as fun. But those are my five wrestling, sailing, diving, acrobatic, artistic gymnastics. I'd like to see you do artistic gymnastics. When we were on Boomers in Las Vegas, you were doing some artistic gymnastics in the lobby of that fucking casino. Yeah, I don't even remember damn near much of that. I I was just floating and then um and then we were uh in front of that waterfall and uh and then I think I started I I was just crying and laughing at the same time. <laughs> waterfall is something then we else. were sitting in front of that wind waterfall i've had some of i have cried tears of joy in front <laughs> of that waterfall okay they were a great sponsor and uh and you know the, anybody who's looking to pay us to do business with us listen to this we talk about our sponsors after we're affiliated with them <laughs> she was it was great okay it was great we had a great time and then we moved on but this is how this is the royal treatment you'll get. I still use um, athletic greens. Athletic greens. I love athletic. <laughs> I don't even know if, dude. I don't even know if we're still affiliated with them. Are the we are. Still <laughs> we okay. are still affiliated with them. Good because I had like four today. All right. Um, I've had an athletic green at like five in the morning, and I'm not talking about the morning. I'm talking about five, like. <laughs> Get home to from end the, the night. Club. Yeah, an athletic, athletic, athletic greens yeah. nightcap. I put an athletic green in a pilsner at the waste <laughs> management. Okay, I was when there's no time to stop drinking. I don't think they're gonna like that, but I love you guys. Was okay. that after someone threw out your your other greens? You were just no. like you needed oh. some greens, and you had well, to... yeah. At the time, the infamous smoothie order that just disappeared. I had like a what kind of bowl was it? An acai. acai bowl. 
just went missing. Nobody in the crew knew where it went. You guys were cleaning out the house. I go into my cave for five minutes, come out. Breakfast is gone. Okay, worst guy. Speaking of worst guys, whoever that was, worst guy that week. TJ Dudley. Okay, you guys know who I'm talking about. You knew it was going to get here. Uh, TJ Dudley. Let me try to sum this up the best I can. Clemson football player, linebacker, decides to upload pictures of unsuspecting teammates in the locker room onto OnlyFans. And I know some of you on this podcast, listen to this podcast, listen, you're like me. You don't know what OnlyFans is. (laughs) Um, I'll explain it to you. It's mostly like porno, isn't it? It's like... It's like a way, it's a way to cut out the middleman. It's like indie. It's, I don't know if it's indie porno. Yeah. I mean, it's like direct to, you know, direct from the, the talent, I guess. Yeah. It's like Um, a bunch of people who got naked were like, I don't need an agent. I'm doing my own deal. I'm Richard Sherman. I'm naked Richard Sherman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm naked Russell (laughs) Okun. You know, like I can do this myself. And so, you know, like people run these very successful, very lucrative. And some of them, some of them you don't have to get fully, like it's just feet picks. Some of them, you know, they're like doing certain things. There's ASMR uh, only fans. Okay. Speaking of ASMR, I want one more warning on the draft. I don't know if you're like a misophoniac, but how do you feel about torch lighters? Because <laughs> that was, my torch lighter was going off the entire draft. And Reed was like, I can clean that up. And I was like, fuck it. Leave it in there. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so TJ Dudley, uh, he's snapping pics of his teammates. We don't know for sure if they're clothed or not. And putting them on OnlyFans. And he got kicked off the team, of course, for violating team rules, which means there's a rule. That's like no snapping nudie pics of your teammates and profiting off their name, image, <laughs> and likeness. You know, like, this is my first question. Who does he owe money? What kind of bind is he in to do this? Because, you know, there was a guy for Iowa State today that's, you know, he got caught on camera making a $500 bet, which probably was just one of those golf bets. Um with a young lady at a bar. And so thank God he's betting on his own team, I guess he's Pete Rosen out there in Ames, but like, it's a bad look. And it made me think like, maybe this kid's down, maybe this kid's in trouble. You know, I want to check on this kid while calling him the biggest dumbass I've ever <laughs> encountered. Like this is, I've never heard of this, the, the, this violation of trust. It's, a hundred D'Angelo Russells. Well, he, he just transferred to old miss. So he's in the old miss football program. Yeah. 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 How, how does he come into that locker room and not have a target on his back immediately? He does. I mean, he's a good linebacker, right? Like, um, you know, every time some kid does something incredibly dumb, like we'll never hear from him again. And then eventually like he's playing on Sundays or something, you know, like, uh, so never know. I don't know how good he is. I don't, I don't know the kid, but I can tell you that walking into a a new locker room would suck. And, you know, people are going to be watching him like a hawk and, I don't know. I, I figure he's got to talk to that team like immediately and be like, this is the circumstance. Cause I refuse to believe this guy was just taking pics of people's cheeks and putting them on Instagram or only fans. See, I don't know what the fuck it is, but 
you know, Ole Miss did just grab a kid from UCF who did a home invasion. So I don't know, like, should that guy explain too? I, you know, um, there is precedent here. There's a model named Danny Mathers. Uh, she's a, a Playboy model again, not something I. Anyways, but part of her plea deal uh, for taking an unsuspecting picture of a gal at a public gym in the shower and body shaming her um, on Snapchat. So Playboy, not like, not like a litmus test. It's not like getting into the Air Force. You know, like what do you think is going to happen? You take a picture of of a fucking lady in the shower. She's like her head's turned. She's like, what the fuck's going on here? This gal, it's the only thing I can think of, uh, she was placed on three years of probation and is banned from using a mobile phone in any place where persons are in a state of undress or have an expectation of privacy. So that's fair. It should have been the rule anyways with her, but it also extends to like this gray area where it's like expectation of privacy. Yeah, I expect to be left alone right now also banned from posting images of people online without their express permission and must destroy all copies of the offending image so like barbecue family gathering gotta hit up all your family members and be like can i post this picture because i'm a huge scumbag and then she has to stay a hundred yards away from you know this gal uh my question is different states right this is probably california or something who knows what happens to this guy, Matt, you're probably the closest thing to a legal expert. Like you're a Jeffrey Tubin without the zoom meeting. Uh, okay. What's going to happen to this kid? I, I doesn't seem like much. Maybe South Carolina is a little bit more lenient than California, but I, I think he should probably room with be forced to room with the home invasion kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. No, honestly, I don't know what's going to happen to him. And I bring up the Danny Mathers thing because I thought it was fucking funny. Like, I was looking back at the story. I was like, what an idiot. And it's kind of funny. She has to jump through these hoops. I think he should, too. I think all these rules, apply them to this kid. Uh, and, like, if they ever play in Death Valley or against Clemson, like, he should have to sit out because of the 100-yard <laughs> rule. You know, like, <laughs> he has to be 100 yards away from anybody that was on that team. <laughs> It's just a fucking restraining order. Like, biggest game of his life. Clemson, Ole Miss, college football playoff. Sorry, can't go. Restraining order, because I was taking dick pics of my teammates. I don't know what happened, okay? It just looks bad, all right? Which doesn't get me out of the the situation if I'm wrong, and this kid is totally exonerated. I just can't imagine. All right, so last thing, best guy, method man. He goes to the Jets practice, and he's got a chance to break it down. First off, Method Man looks fucking terrific. The guy is yoked out of his mind. He's always in the gym. I was going to do a workout the other day, and I was going to skip it. I was, like, procrastinating, and I was like, a fucking Method Man. Look at Method Man, dude. I can't skip workouts. Anyways, hard thing to do. To I don't care if you're Method Man, whoever it is, to walk into a circle of those alphas and break the team down with no context of like the culture or anything and i thought he nailed it short and sweet man in the glass which if you you know listen to pot a lot when my head coach from stab st ann's uh longtime high school football coach john blake retired or moved on because now he's at fork union um we read that poem 
man in the glass. Uh, check it out. I think it's extremely uh, motivating. We used to read it before games. And Method Man hit the fucking nail on the head. In and out, really concise, and on point with the poetry, man. So best guy, Method Man. Enjoy Tin Cup. Maybe the draft. Uh, tell us how you like it. Bad. Yeah, yeah give us, us some comments. Yeah, but like if you do the bad ones, is there like a side comment bar? Like where you can like pull us aside and be like, yeah, yeah that yeah. sucked. Yeah, okay. yeah. If it's bad, just DM us. All right, good. I'm so excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. You all know I spend a good bit of time on the river and in the woods, and I need something that protects the eyeballs but gives me a clean, fresh look. Oakley's are changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train? Just want to look like your favorite athlete, like, uh, I don't know, Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, uh, Justin Jefferson? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, there's more than meets the eye. Here on the show, we're all about looking good and playing good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. We don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakley's. And since it's officially almost summer, you need to upgrade your sunglasses game now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. I rock the Sutro TIs because they have a solid style that fits my work play way of life. They look great when I'm in the field at softball and I'm on the river enjoying a float, but they also come in clutch whenever I need to look professional. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com, O-A-K-L-E-Y, for more information today. All right, everybody, we got another sports movie review for you all today. It's Tin Cup. We got Kyle Long, Macon, Chris, Cowboy Reed, myself. Very excited to talk about this movie. Who wants to go first? What what'd you think upon rewatching this movie again for the show? It wasn't a rewatch for me. This is the first, first time, time oh, I'd wow. seen Tin Cup. Yeah. yeah. I'd seen the most famous scene. Virginity. Here and there. I thought it was a delightful movie that made virtually no sense. Uh-huh. Moral being, you know, in, in love and in sports, don't play it safe. And I think more of like, uh, it, I can relate to this movie because there's so much in life that's passed you by, but there's still so much potentially ahead of you if you can just focus your uh, your talents and your and your character. And Kevin Costner, just a, a struggle with his character the entire movie, like all the movies he's in seemingly, but he's my favorite. He did a great job. And what a You n- love Kevin Costner. I love like Kevin Costner. He is my favorite. See, you know what's funny to me? Because like, I'm a baseball guy. I grew up watching him dominate in baseball movies, making batting practice look effortless. Even yeah. when he goes, visits major league teams, he's got a great swing, hits yeah. bombs. Yeah. Um, seems to be a cool guy. He's a sportsman. He came to see the Rams um, really? uh, practice in London. Yeah, he was in London. He's a Rams fan. Like in Jeff a cool Fisher. outfit during practice. He was cool as shit. Um, you know, I thought his character was really cool. At one point in the movie, I had written down as this, you know, I think it was about the, the riddle 
mm -hmm. about that point, which by the way, dog, I, I'll tell you something. You have told me that riddle on the show before. Yeah. To fuck with me and make me look like um like a misogynist. Yeah. But I didn't get the riddle the second time. I, I rewound it 14, 15 times. You didn't wow. get it this Wow. Then brought my wife in. Glad Renee came in. Bro, Renee brought Russo. my wife in. She didn't get it. That's why I asked you to see if Kate would get it. Got it. Um, but I had written down, this is Kevin Costner's smartest character. And then as the movie <laughs> went on, I, I decided that, that Roy McAvoy is the coolest autistic character of all time in, in movies or oh, TV. Hold on, you think, he, you think he was spectral? Yes, dude. And it's okay to say because I Googled it, there's like lists of like, you know, from like mental health sites and stuff, like people, characters and leads in movies yeah. that may be on the spectrum. I think Tin Cup was on the spectrum. He's got those dude. headphones in while he's playing at different yeah. points. Like, dude, just like, think about his decision making. Think about the face he made when Rene Russo was like, you need to drive me home. He was like, <laughs> like go back and look. Cannot compute. That it, he was so smart, but could not get out of his own way. He was uh -huh. like a, a guy that needed to play the video game on hard. Yeah. Or like, you know when you're playing a video game and you get careless because you're like. Not challenged. Yeah, I got to win this way. You know, that was like the yep. the whole movie. I'm going to play this Madden season and only run the ball. Yeah, or just like, yeah, I'm fucking around playing a video game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what he was doing. I, I loved his character. I thought Kevin Costner was cool as hell in the movie. I thought he was my kind of guy. He was a romantic. Close. The way he talked about golf was yeah. really, it was an enthralling scene. Every time he had an opportunity to explain some golf to Rene Russo or you just watch him play or his confidence. It was like, it's real. That's why I like Kevin Costner's believable. I almost believe that he could just take a, a three wood out of the rough and, and stripe it 250 and put it on the green. I thought it was a great movie, dude. I, I We did Varsity Blues already. Varsity Blues, I gave like a 7.2. It's a different this, pace. I give this movie like a high sevens. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it, there were so many great lines. Kevin Costner's character was awesome. Uh, I thought, you know, at times it was written a little bit like run of the mill. Both Texas movies too, which is interesting. The landscape, the hellish landscape with the armadillo and in the intro at the... Uh, Nasty little varmint. Yeah, <laughs> strange. We've never seen that those types of things around here. But the driving range kind of reminded me of the spot on 29. It made me want to live you know in what I'm Texas. talking about? Yeah. It, it What's it called? Wanna, it made, Highlands. Yeah. Highlands. Yeah, it made me want to live in Texas and be a golf pro. Yeah. And like work at a driving range. 29. Go wear, up there wear and an pretend shirt. with Rene Russo. Wear an A shirt. Be yeah. sweaty. Drink beers. Yeah, well not just wear an A shirt. I loved and like we're gonna do best outfits like Kevin Costner his fits in this movie like I want to adopt the he's fit. like Tommy yeah. Bahama Tommy Bahama unbuttoned he made you know, either great. an a shirt or a dirty white t-shirt some some linen pants pleated when pleated. Tommy Bahama puts out their spring and summer line Kevin Costner from that movie is who their target it's, audience is but then they end up getting guys like me that can't yeah. fit into normal shirts yeah he makes it look cool yeah I did not know that Renee Russo spelled her name R-E-N-E what do you think? How you with two E's? Well, three E's. Three yeah. E's, you thought three, three E's total. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this movie came out in 1996. It did. Great year. It was number one at the box office for one week. Wow. And then got topped by the Island of Doctor Moreau. It came out the same summer as Independence Day, which kind of like overwhelmed everyone. I'm back! about you all, or not making, but for me, this was a movie that I saw first on, like, TNT, and it was, like, a rewatch movie on cable. Yeah. 
like, <laughs> like home from school sick and watching it. For us, Kevin Costner was kind of a deity in our house, so we watched a lot of yeah, Costner. Dad loved, dad loved Costner. Costner. Do you have a problem that he was the sports guy actor for all of these movies for several years? No. No, because evidently he's a good athlete. Evidently, there's he, not many good, good athletes in Hollywood. And Ron Shelton did, you know, like a couple sports movies. Uh, you know, White Man Can't Jump. He did uh, Bull Durham, which was, you know, a great Kevin Costner performance. Yeah. Um, he wrote and directed those. And then he also wrote Blue Chips, Cobb, The Great White Hype, Play It to the Bone, Bad Boys 2, which isn't a sports movie. The Great White Hype. This old Blue movie Chips. called uh, The Best of Times with Robin Williams. That's actually really, it's, really it's good. Not the explained, of Cooper. It's not explained until late. I think we should explain it early that Tin Cup, he got the nickname from wearing a cup as a baseball, as a baseball catcher, catcher in high school. But supposedly in real life, Shelton uh, came up with it because he heard a saying, He's not worth a fart in a tin cup. Mm -hmm. ah. <laughs> and so, like, they rolled with that. And some interesting casting kind of deals here. Um, you know, Molly was almost Michelle Pfeiffer. Oof. Um, David Sims, Don Johnson, uh, was almost played by Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I can um, also see that. And, and I, well, I heard that. It would have been that, tougher to steal Pierce Brosnan's chick. Yeah, it depends on the website. Brosnan would have been perfect, but it depends on the website that you're looking at. But I also heard the real James supposed Bond. to be Tom Selleck as well. Um, Brosnan, they, no way he could have pulled off the West Texas accent. Yeah. <laughs> they would yeah. have had to change the story a little. And then was, Alec Baldwin was in the mix, but Kim ba Basinger had pregnancy issues like a couple weeks before filming. Mm -hmm. And that's when um, he wouldn't know, stop hitting people with golf balls. On yeah, the set. that's when that's when Don Johnson, you know, um, I say that. So Don Johnson, I actually, I read this, too. <laughs> he turned down Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. Yeah, that's right. So like little circle of Kevin Costner there. Four! But here's my thing with Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, you know, I thought, um, you know, Don Johnson's character had to be kind of like a pretty boy. Yacht club -ish. And had to be like, kind of like all clean cut. And honestly, that character, when you look at him, he was undeniably uh, a wet blanket and tough to like. But was he a bad guy? No, he was just uh, like, he was kind of like making. Well, well, he yells at the, <laughs> no, the, he grand, <laughs> the, the kid, the grandparents. He did, he kid. yelled at the kid. The, the, and he that's called where the he dog like, fucking ugly. <laughs> and by the way, okay, so yeah, he was a bad guy when it came to the fans. Excuse me, Mr. Sam. Would you mind giving our grandson an autograph? Can you people not see that I'm busy? I'm working here. This is my office. Do I come to your office and ask you for your autograph? I don't think so. Jesus, what an ugly dog. And that was who like, were played by uh, Costner's, Costner's parents, parents and, and his son. Kid. Wow, yeah. really? Yeah, the the people he yelled at in the airport. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't know that. But Tom Selleck would have been too manly. Too macho. He would have been too macho. Like Don Ke Fry. Kevin Costner had to maintain, you know, this air of, of, of masculinity. You know, that's what drew Rene Russo to him. Like, it's not like Ron Johnson was a beta, but he was like this clean cut. And he lacked, short guy. He lacked mystery. Mm -hmm. The first time the first time that Don Johnson came and talked to uh, Cheech yeah. outside the trailer, and he was like, I need, mm -hmm. I need your guy. You know, can we get him straight on the mm -hmm. straight and arrow for this tournament? And they're talking about Costner, and then Costner just appears like some mm -hmm. shit, like from the shadow realm. Mm -hmm. That's the mystery we're talking about. You know, him and Don Johnson were a single, Kevin Costner. And yeah. At this point, Kevin Costner almost didn't take the role because he was tired from Waterworld. He said we would mm. just tape the longest movie in that history. Was a huge Dude, production. It was what like 160 a, days. 60, yeah. 
you know. The Can we review thing. that next? Well, I'd love to review. <laughs> and one. by okay. being tired from Waterworld, he means being single and being Kevin Costner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> Where are all yeah, the like guild I men today? Feel like getting out in the. But but evidently, him and Don Johnson had a yep. pretty good time filming this movie. When they got um, drunk, he called him Ron. Did I miss? <laughs> did I miss the scene where Don is upset that he's lost his girl? We never really address a mm. breakup. No, it just kind of like happens. Yeah. that might be a plot hole there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a yeah because it was like it was the pelican scene and she she just like was into him. Mm-hmm. She just decided. She took a side. And then Don was like, uh, "What's going on here?" He was right. like, "One, you get one shot at this. Yeah, one <laughs> one ball." Hey, uh, with with the um, with the with the Waterworld thing, we had shot we had taped a pod like. Three years ago, maybe at this point. Reed will remember this, where we did movies that need to be remade. Yeah. Waterworld needs to be Top remade. Top of the list. Climate change. And don't stuff. have it be The Rock. Don't have no, it. No, like have it be, I forget who he cast, but it was, um, I, I, I love it. Can we get it. a Latino guy in Why? there? Why? Because they're going to throw either a black guy, and it's not going to be a white guy. They're going to put a black guy. I think we need some Latino representation in the, in in the, water, in the water, in, in the, the marine. Aquatic- in the marine realm. Okay. Cheech is still working. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, you guys want to get into some of our favorite scenes? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, I'll go first with just one of mine. I love when Romeo fixes his shanks, where he's like up at the driving range and he's fucking up. And like, I don't think Romeo really knows what he's doing. No. He's like, put your change in your left pocket. All right. Take all your change and put it in your left hand pocket. Go on, do it, Robbie. Well, it's, I, it's a perfect it's a perfect sports coaching moment where it's like I I don't know what the problem is my athlete clearly doesn't know what the problem is so let's change something and change their Stop their, their headspace yeah I mean having the shanks at the driving range is bad enough then you throw a, a gallery of fans Do in there people ever have shanks like that oh yeah when he's hitting it straight down the line oh yeah people, that was not believable it to happens me. the predictability of the advice was too predictable for me. <laughs> didn't love that scene, Matt. I, I, I know what Cheech was doing, and I, I didn't believe that the shank, you could actually dribble it down. Buddy. Yeah. Without going forward. It, it happens. Go straight Let's go golfing. Straight down the Let's line. go golfing. Mm-hmm. I'll shank three balls, four okay. balls. What did you like? What did I like? That's a good question. <laughs> um, did you like any of the nostalgia from the 90s golf tournaments? What was your favorite scene? For sure. I, I really liked... Because um, that stood out to me. Oversized golf shirts. Here's what I liked. I like Costner... Play here, Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> I like Costner uh, a, appearing at Dr. Molly Griswold's office, and then the patient right. is sitting in the <laughs> exit right. room. That's the funniest... Yeah, and then the after he talks to... To Dr. Griswold, he walks out and he goes, "You're still in the exit room." I'm going to qualify for the U.S. Open. I'm going to kick your boyfriend's ass. Please leave, Roy. And whatever you think of me, you should know that your boyfriend hates old people, children, and dogs. So he, <laughs> he opens the door, closes it, comes back in, and that broad is still out there in the exit room. And then the funny line she's is, crying. "You're still yeah. in the exit room," yeah. and she starts crying again. Yeah. Well, I'm going to qualify for the U.S. Open. Boyfriend's 
And whatever you think of me, you should know that your boyfriend, he hates old people, he hates children, and he hates dogs. And that broad's out there crying still, all right? In the exit room. You're still in the exit room. Yeah. <laughs> That I mean, was my favorite the, line. That is so funny. He said, dude. "Bill yeah. me for thirty minutes. I'm not that fucked up." Yeah, yeah. he goes, um, "Yeah." He 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 was like, "Well, I didn't see any magazines or anything like that, so I figured it might not be." There's the no waiting paint room. on the walls. Yeah, that, that was, was a great scene. I love stuff. when he when he made the analogy of like, "Oh, it's you know, you have to swim across a river and it's got all this shitty stuff in it," and mm -hmm. she's like, "You're talking about yourself." Mm -hmm. Like immediately diagnoses that he's trying to build himself. But she up. had no idea that that he was talking about uh, her. Right. You know? Right. So, um, and then he shoots his shot. Yeah, he shoots his shot. One shot, one ball. Um, also, um, he was kind of handsy with her early in the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, handsy, very golf pro. I don't know if that scene would be okay today. It wouldn't. You talking about the range? At the range. Well, he I think... also walked into the strip club and they were like, Rory, where you been? We haven't seen you for three days. Yeah. yeah. So, three days. Yeah. A little horny. Yeah, he was, he was horny. Top horny. And he said sex athlete. and golf are two things you don't have to be good at to enjoy. That's true. The plot hole to me was that stripper. You know, Roy was Kevin Costner. I mean, like, you know, when Rene Russo said, yeah, he's kind of cute, I was like, yeah, well, hold on a minute. That's Kevin Costner. Okay, like, I know. Hold on like, a minute, player. He, he, hold on a minute, player. I know he's, uh, he's, he's Roy in the movie, but he's kind of cute. It's Kevin mm -hmm. fucking Costner in 1996. Why was that character dating that stripper? Pre, well, Salome, Texas, for one. Yeah. You know, you can't hit a golf, golf ball for 500 miles. Yeah. They remind us about six times. Yeah. <laughs> um, pre, respectfully, pre hair plugs, Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. going a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but he made it look cool, though. Yeah. No, like I don't disagree. Alcoholic. The stripper looked a, a, a bit advanced in age. Yeah. Did you, know, did you know Tin Cup's a real guy? Give me you, the rundown. You probably know all about this, but yeah. Well, like, there's a golfer in the Masters a couple years prior who laid up, and that's where they took David well, Sims. I know they, and then I know they took. I know they took. There was a guy that prepped him for the movie that got his Gary swing, McCord. The, Gary McCord and Gary McCord. You oh, know, sideline announcer. He was awesome. Not to be chalky, but to me, the most iconic scene is the you know, give me another ball. This is the last ball you got in the bag, Roy. That's inspired by Gary McCord. Right. Uh, who who hit like an 8 or a 10 at he, a tournament a, in the 80s. Yep. Just like John Daly did the same thing. Over and over John again. Daly did the same thing. I think he ran out of balls. He did. And, uh, and so Gary McCord met with the production uh, because they were like, we need a golf kind of coach for Kevin Cosner because he hadn't played. He looks like a golfer, but he hasn't played. And uh, Gary McCord got the part in two minutes. He was like, why do you even take me? And, he, and the guy was like, well, you got kicked out of the Masters, so that helps. Yeah, and Gary also was the inspiration for the Pelican scene. Yep. Gary, that there was a bet where Gary hit a Pelican or something like that. <laughs> and during um, that scene, which happens to be one of my favorites, Gary McCord is announcing the entire thing from a soda stream, uh, like a soda bubble. That's my favorite prop. Yeah. And <laughs> is, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, 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 is that Gary McCord playing the... Yeah, the, yeah. yeah he's got the mustache. He's got 30 yards of bar and grill. Then he's got to go through the French doors, over the umbrellas, and then carry 30 yards of river. He's got to try to pop that pelican right off his perch. Well, yeah. the, the cool thing is it's the entire real CBS production crew, yes. the entire real CBS announcers. That's why it's Well, Nance so looks like a baby. Nance and the, like the and the guys in the back of the... Nance looks younger than us. I mean, The guys in the truck are the real guys in the truck, yeah, yeah. And, which is incredible. And Costner and uh, Don Johnson, they say, went to the University of Houston. Of yeah. course, Nance and Freddie Couples went, went to, to Houston. Houston. I love the TV director who was just pissed that Roy McAvoy was a storyline. Mm -hmm. Frank Shirkinian. 
Yeah, they talk about Salome, Texas. He says something like it's never been discovered yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fictional place, by the way. Salome does really? not exist. Huh. Yeah. Um, so the I idea of the whole it. movie actually took shape uh, during the final round of the 93 Masters. Um, Chip Beck infamously laid up on, a, three on a par five. He was three, three back. Yep. And, um, and evidently, it was the closest Beck ever came to winning a major. Um, but in a, in like a, 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 a you know nonlinear way, this is how they were inspired to do this guy that did the opposite. Oh, no. Yeah. So you know when when you ask the question, you know was it the right ending to the movie to have him just hit the ball into the water five six times? Um, that was the movie. So like there was no. He's, you know, what they do we do? They foreshadowed it, too. This like was who, how it was going to end the whole time yep. for them. I think, it's, I think it's less memorable, less good if he just wins the U.S. Open. Yeah, because right. it's like every yeah. other movie. Yeah. Really? And th- this is a movie about sports. It's a movie about, like, the people that almost made it. It's, the people yeah. about, it's a movie about the people that couldn't get out of their own way. Like, we played with a bunch of guys like that. How many guys can we name that were such good athletes, such good players that couldn't get out of their own way? Yeah, they, they just had too much, as Rene Russo put it, like, bullshit in their head mm-hmm. um and you, you know like sports is a mental game you know it makes you think back to like situations where you could have been better you know because roy is that guy that like if, if roy had exhausted his potential he could have been great yep and the, the real guy they based it off evidently was 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 loosely roy mcavoy i, th- I think his name might have been roy mcavoy well they based it off of mccord well, I know, but there, there's there's a real Roy McAvoy, evidently, unless I'm reading an article that was totally made up. Actually, died in his Cadillac in a single car accident in the '90s, oh, um, and he was drunk. And I'll tell you what, he didn't die in the VW Bug that picks up the the golf balls at the driving range, which I thought was my favorite prop. If we're going to consider that a prop, I'd love to have that that's, in my backfield. That's a good one, Kylan Reed. You guys are golfers, like. Were there any golf scenes that stood out to y'all or any like quotes that are now used on the golf course at all? I would say his his explanation, the poetic explanation of the swing, you know, forced through the ground. He was using all real, all real golf terms. jargon, yep. you know, things that have crossover even in the football world, gener- generating force through the ground, you know, getting your hips uh around and yeah, stuff like that. That's how I learned to the, hit a golf ball. The inter, Yeah, the interlock is what he started the poem with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like a little nod to the gods. That was yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. That was something I hadn't heard other than that movie. And he but talks yeah. about the finish, um, describes the finish. And uh, I love I love a nod to the gods knowing perfection is unattainable. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then he finishes it with, uh, there's also a second one you can, you, you know, a second terminology you can go at, grip it and rip it. Only one other acceptable theory about how to hit a golf ball. Oh, boy. Well, I'm afraid to ask. Well, what is it? What's the other theory? Grip it and rip it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the, the duality of man. My, right. fav- <laughs> my favorite scene, other than the chalky one, might have been him losing David Sims. That's a great scene. Still going. Yeah, it, it was a great scene. Brilliant. I mean, like he just turns and hits the ball down the road. And again, it's like Costner, he, he thinks he's smarter than he is in a way. And Golf's uh, a mental game. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hit the seven like John Daly hits, hits a, a three. three. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and the Cadillac that he lost uh, was my favorite prop of the movie. I want that Cadillac with the exact seats, the whole thing. 
Um, I might actually get on that this week. Um, but, but don't think of it as a means of transportation. Think of it as a trophy, a bragging rights. That was a great line. And and it reminds me of the story of our dad with, um, he had a Cadillac. He had like a red Cadillac. Yep. Probably similar in year, but it was in better shape in California. Beautiful. And he loved that thing. I mean, it was awesome. And then this the guy, Montana now. Uh, he, he sold the Cadillac, like to some guy he didn't know at the, at the time. Yep. Well, fast forward like 20 years later, we're in Montana. Uh, we've got a place on Flathead Lake, and he's missed the Cadillac every, ever since. It's like an inside joke with him and my mom, like you never should have let it go. This guy on the lake owns it, like just randomly. Like a couple doors down. And we know the guy on the lake, yes. and he'll pull up with that Cadillac just three times a week to rub it into my dad. Yep. So I think I'm gonna get that Cadillac. I Honestly, it's one of the coolest cars in, 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 a, in a sports movie. Nice. That thing's a boat. That's why they called them boats back then. Yeah. You could fit a lot of golf clubs in that no thing. No question. That's my favorite prop. Last scene I'll mention, banking the ball off the porta potty. Oh, classic. That was great. I, I mean, that that's so relatable as an athlete where you're, like, especially a golfer with your buddies, where they're like, just hit it out there, get it out into the fairway. You know, you have no shot at the green. You know, for him to turn and say 50 bucks says I'll, you know, put it on the green. And McCord is being talked to. He's like, you're talking to me? Yeah, yeah. Because he's reporting from 10 feet away, mm -hmm. which is also the intimacy of golf. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine if the huddle was there and, and uh, Joe Buck was right outside the huddle. Yeah, like Rene Russo being like, go for it. Yeah. Um, or, or him asking advice, and they're like, that's a two-stroke two penalty. It's like you so hear stories about, like, Tiger's gallery. mom when he was younger being yeah. on the course with him. Like, that's an intimate environment. For the bet to happen, for McCord to take it, and then for the porta potty shot to happen, it, that and, was a little – that was a stretch. And it's interesting because there was a, uh issue from the Masters this year when um, when – one player was accused of cheating. They said that his caddy held up a five, saying that he hit a five in the other group spot. But it always, the caddies always flash what number club they hit to the on-course reporter. So the mm -hmm. on-course reporter can tell the booth and tell the listeners, ah. oh, he went five here. Uh, that scene also, my biggest plot hole, because the ball doesn't end up on the green, it ends up on the fringe. Oh, yeah. Or it still pays. That's right. Mm -hmm. Ooh, That's wow. right. Yeah. I guess wow. he's putting. Right, yeah, I, I, I do yeah. like the scene though, where um, where where he he's like, you hit the shot, you're fired. Yes, uh, yeah. where he's the caddy, and then he didn't think he got fired after he hit it. I mean, I love that scene. Well, dude. I'll bring it up now. He uh, looked genuinely there's surprised. A great moment with that scene because right there is Phil Mickelson yep. gambling on yep. it. Yep, yep, yep. Young Phil Mickelson, who is mm -hmm. like AS fresh out of ASU. By, by the he's way, in Happy Gilmore as well. Were those golfers that were walking across the course when he was rolling and they were like, I can't believe a guy named Tin Cup. Those are all gonna, real pros. Yeah. That was, that was Corey line. Pavin. Pavin has the worst his, line in the movie. You're exactly right. His, I can't believe his name is going to be beneath mine. <laughs> it was awful. It was a bad line. Yes, it and was like, awful. I, I paused the thing. It was so bad. You're right. Yeah, it was that was Corey line. Pavin. Uh, one thing that I really, that stood out to me was the sports nostalgia. Like, I love golf and all that stuff, but then you see the uh, the CBS sports flags behind mm -hmm. the stadium holes mm -hmm. with the different color, the yellow mm -hmm. color. Yep. Uh, the throwback stuff it reminds me of when we used to go to, like, uh, college game day. Yep. When you guys would play, like, Florida State, they would have their their old college game day flags up. You knew the TV trucks were there. Same thing with CBS Sports. Big th nostalgia boost there. I thought Cheech did a great job, Kyle. 
Fabulous. I thought he did a great job, and I thought like the scene where he broke the two clubs and then Kevin finished the bag. Great scene. Was a great scene, and his frustration was so like, it was guttural. He was like, you know, Kevin didn't know at the time that he was done, done for a while, but like the 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 audience, you're like, okay, this is the thousandth time. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. That I I think I read that John Linguizamo was almost uh, Cheech's character. That would have been a big mistake. Yeah, Cheech was great. Cheech is incredible. He's he also still, looks super old, and he's still around. And he's got like over 200 acting credits. It's crazy. Yeah. There, the scene where he's standing out in the rain so Kevin and Renee can get it on in the, yeah, yeah. In the Winnebago. Uh, Kevin and Renee are missionary style, and then uh, flip. we flip to girl on top, mm-hmm. and Renee says, tee it up. That was very graphic and suggestive. <laughs> That's hot, dude. I was like, holy that is hot. Well, she, She's saying, I'm learning. Look, I'm learning. Well, another line there is, uh, the only two things you can enjoy if you're not good at them is golf and sex. And yeah. I don't think that's true. You guys have fun doing this, right? <sighs> you saying bad podcast? Yeah. <laughs> but I have fun doing it. I don't even know I'm doing a podcast. I was looking for holes in that in that line. I mean, like, yeah. there's pl- plenty of stuff that I enjoy that I'm, I'm so simple brand. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. There's also a lot of sex and golf metaphors, like putting from the rough. Yeah. Ooh, putting from the rough. Yeah. Not to fly or lie. All right, let's go to legal procedure. Any least necessary scenes or plot lines? Yeah, I got a plot hole. Um, if this is the, the section for that. I'm wearing a t-shirt that says Woody's Steakhouse, and the, the t-shirt says Wally's. I like that though. Like he doesn't even know. Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a nod to him just not knowing. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not actually a plot hole. But that was all I could find. There were a lot less plot holes in Varsity Blues. I agree. I jumped around. I did love in that scene where he says, "Low percentage shot." Well, so am I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, that was good. That's one of my favorite lines. I, yeah, it was good. He had a ton of great lines. <laughs> Almost. Almost fell over. He's great. My chair. I wish you would make more sports movies. They should make a senior PGA movie with him. <laughs> no, like Tin Cup Two. Anything you take out of this movie? Anything that was like not necessary? It's One thing long. I didn't appreciate was the massacre of the flies and the gambling on it at the beginning. Yeah, was by their fly trap, <laughs> and they're taking bets on how uh, many flies are going to hit a certain amount of time. I think there's a Mendoza line for animals that you can kill, and I think flies are okay. And they were they had uh, racial inclusivity. If you notice in their little band of brothers at the West Texas driving range, there was a black guy black hanging guy, out too. Hispanic guy, fat <laughs> yeah, white dude, guy. It was great. Kevin All Cox, represented. TCU fan. Uh, and also, uh, Lance Harbor's dad is in the movie. Oh, yeah, 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 he is. He pointed that out. We were watching Varsity Blues, and we did the recap the other day. He takes the money from Gary McCord. Yeah. There's also, uh, so when Tin Cup goes to the 7-iron, he's only hitting the 7-iron right, and he's like, I never miss with the 7-iron. I never miss with the 7-iron. It's the only truly safe club in my bag. And they cut to him hitting a shot out of the woods, out of the sand trap, all over. So he definitely missed with the seven iron, right? Yeah. yeah. If he He's ended up, up in some, tree. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's good, some Cowboy. Spots. Yeah. Two hours, 14 minutes. How could we have gotten it to 155? I don't think so. I don't think there's any way to get it to 155. I was looking for scenes that I thought were unnecessary. I'm kind of with you. I bet this guy like has an idea. End, like, it could just end with him realizing he threw the open away. I don't need this, like, catharsis of a sex of, like, whatever actually i agree there oh you don't like on the couch no like hey he's got the girl and he's got a shot at 
qualifying for whatever. He's qualified for other tournaments. I wanted, I like him, to, I wanted him to break up with her to just show how much of a fucking self-sabotage <laughs> artist he is. Like, I was kind of almost just forgot to, how it stick ended. To single, stick to character. Single vehicle accident. At yeah, the the right? Film. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, is he the biggest self-saboteur in movie history? Oh, like, I don't know. That's a large... He got the girl? He probably won... I don't know what eighty thousand dollars for lost eighty thousand dollars not finishing seventh. in the top five. You know, like yeah. like there were real financial implications Maybe in of sports that. movie history. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. that's pretty good. Not necessarily a plot hole, but I was struggling with the uh, eighty three first round, then mm-hmm. sixty two, then sixty four, then seventy eight. I'm guessing that's never happened. I would. I had wished the first disparity. round had been like a seventy-seven. And then be able to balance out the other scores. Yeah, yeah. an eighty-three well, followed by a sixty-two. It is a movie. He said, "How'd you shoot an eighty-three? He said, "I missed a putt on eighteen to make 80. <laughs> right, right. So I missed eighty-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. that was good. No, uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of these. Least I, I have one more plot hole. Right, I have one more plot hole. Um, when he beat the big jacked buddy who was throwing homophobic <laughs> racial slurs around mm-hmm. with a shovel and a rake and a baseball bat. Which leads to my question, could an infield baseball coach who hits fungos go par on a golf course? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. Like a really good fungo coach? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Using a putter once you get to the green, but yeah. using fungo? I think he could use the fungo. I think Which... the best fungo coach in the world could par a hole with Like, a let's see. Maybe green. one of our fans can take a fungo bat out and see how low they can go on a Munich Yeah, course. show us. I thought all the sound effects from golf shots were very good except for the putts. Every putt sounded like he was on a putt-putt <laughs> golf course. Didn't love that. And Cowboy, can a three-wood spin back like that off no, the green? I feel like no, a three-wood would no. hit and yeah, keep going. No. Un- unless it's ridiculously – unless, like, that's the, the curve of the green, the grain of the green, yeah. and it brings it Gravity. back. Gravity. So yeah. it needs a runway. No, I had yeah, read that's yeah. unrealistic. I forgot one other pl- plot hole. So he gets the U.S. Open. Nobody's ever heard of him. Nobody knows who he is. He's been on SportsCenter, like – Twice he like threw all of David Sims's clubs out. And yeah, made yeah, 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 yeah. And then he also like hit this ball onto the uh, like 240 yards that nobody thought he could hit. So like some people should know who he is. Yeah, yeah, probably. But in today's era, he'd be a lot more famous. Right. You know, if you but, miss Sports Center back in the day. But Russo was right. Like nobody's gonna remember who came in second in that tournament. Nobody's gonna remember who won that tournament. Reed might, but. You know, like, uh, nobody's going to forget that in the uh, long... Long long, drive competition. Well, it was like, what were they hitting, an iron? Yeah, they were just seeing how far. All right, let's hit... uh, Anybody got a least realistic sports moment? Yeah, probably the, I don't know, the ball rolling backwards. Yeah. The blue-ass pond water? That's the U.S. Open. That thing's going to be looking nice. Well, also, um, that wasn't Pinehurst. That wasn't like North Carolina. That was a course in Texas. That's right. Which actually was pretty impressive because, you know, like I'm looking at all those pines. Like, first I'm thinking, are they going to Augusta? Uh, And then I'm like, yeah, it's got to be North Carolina. But it's not. Arizona. Yeah. Is it? I thought mm-hmm. well, I thought it was in Texas. Prescott, there were a couple. There was one Sedona. in Texas, but this one was the major? in Arizona. U.S. Yeah. Open? Okay. 
right, I think you. I'll bet you. I'll bet you five dollars. Right. I, I actually thought it was Texas as well in my reading. I'll uh, I'll align with Cowboy. We'll be in New Mexico. All right. You want to throw five in the pot? Is this? Yeah, are we talking about the U.S. Back. Open specifically? The U.S. Yeah. Open. Fuck. I'm not that, sure. That last but yeah, hole, sure. It's the 13th hole. At a I think course it's a Taos. It was in Texas. It's definitely the 13th hole at a golf course. Uh, Okay, the the fictional U.S. Open in the film, yeah, I'm getting there. Is supposedly North Carolina was shot at Kingwood's Deerwood Course in Kingwood, Texas. Shit, Reed. Yeah, I'll take that. Ten um, bucks, Kingwood. Yeah. Cash app him. Cash app me. Where is Kingwood, Texas? <laughs> All right, let's keep it going. So we got best real life North athlete. of Houston. Best real life, real, real life athlete, probably Phil Mickelson. With the the, the golfers in the in the movie, <laughs> Maybe. but uh, Kevin Costner supposedly a really good athlete, and you know at his swing, I don't know, like you guys are the golf. He had a good, and even when he swung the uh, shovel, he looked yeah. like he had a good baseball swing too. Yeah. All those pro golfers, they weren't originally going to do it because they were too expensive, and then Gary McCord hosted a dinner with Tin Cup or, or like. Kevin Cosner and Don Johnson and all the golfers and their wives to for like camaraderie. And then all the golfers were like, oh, this is a sick movie. We'll do it for scale. No problem. That's nice. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you can't, there's you, much competition in this one. It was Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah Kevin. I, I don't know who was a better. It was athlete. always Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Right. Kevin, he's a line drive hitter. Kevin! Has been. Next one's tough. because Crash Davis. Good competition. Who's the best supporting actor in this movie? Best supporting performance. Ooh. Mm. Mm. We could talk through a couple of them. So we got, you know, we got obviously Don Cheech. We got Cheech Marin. We got Rene Russo. That'd kind of be like the big three. I think uh, Rene Russo is, a, is extremely supportive in so many ways. Yeah, I thought she was great. Now, I, I think Don Johnson was great. I think Don Johnson was perfectly cast. Um, the other names we threw out, there were holes in that casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was great. He was, a, he was a quintessential golf villain. Like, I put him up there. Shooter He's McGavin. not as iconic as Shooter McGavin, but he's, he's up cast there. just as well. How about uh, TCU guy? Dennis yeah. Berkeley. Relatable. Yep. Went to TCU in real life, so yep. he had all the gear. The, the, he the, gets his tired body. out there. How many yeah. lines did Lou Myers have? Who's Lou Myers? The black guy. Not a lot. You know? Yeah. Um, Rene Russo also played like the similar character in Major League, right? Where it's like uh, um, she's dating Dorn. That's right. Like, uh, Roger Dorn. Yes. 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 Where yeah, just she's like, not dating Dorn. She's, she's, you she's, got it. she's dating, uh, I think, another baseball player, but yeah. then come, um, uh, what's his name? Sniper guy comes back and they had a history and get back together. Yeah, yeah. Tom mm-hmm. Berenger. Jake. Mm-hmm. There yeah. were just like six actors in the mid nineties, huh? Right. Well, yeah, I mean yeah. there there's six actors in this movie. Like the the casting goes like two rows deep before you get to you know Ex- like Jim Nance. Extras. Yeah, Jim yeah. Nance. Jim Nance is number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like fourteen on this list of, of cast members in yeah. Tin Cup. It's Don Johnson for me in a runaway, even though I really like what I got to give a big shout out to whoever was in charge of wardrobe in this movie. I know we mentioned Costner's wardrobe a lot, but Rene Russo had some ahead of her time golf fits. Uh, You know, not a bunch of branding on her shirts and hats, like really kept it clean with it. You know, she had the wide brim, wide brim hat and just a white t-shirt. And her swing 
wasn't that bad when she was like swinging and missing on purpose for the movie like her swing's not that bad best outfit is kevin costner all his outfits the outfit that he's walking to the strip club in i'm i'm gonna his on course outfit he had the canton uh hall of fame jacket pants and the black shirt Mm -hmm. and it reminds me a lot of phil mickelson's fits yep Hey, one one thing going back to opening scenes, was this my Apple TV fucking up or did they shoot that opening scene in like old film? You know, it seemed like it had some type of filter. It probably wasn't old film, but it was like made to look like it was old film. Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, like an was old nine, Western was Tombstone six that old. Like if you've ever seen the movie Traffic, how they put like filters yeah. like to have different colors. It's yeah. kind of like that to represent a different area. It was intentional, whatever. So you it was. guys kind of started on best and worst dress. Any other nominations in there for the drip award? Mm. No, when, just Kevin Costner. When Costner's wearing that swing aid glasses. Yeah, that 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 scene's great too. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. it's it's such your quintessential golfer trying to get better and will yep. do anything. Yeah, crazy things to yep. get better. All right, best prop. Best prop was McCord's uh, drink dispenser. Yep, <laughs> the drink dispenser was on the list. The VW bug that picks up golf balls. That's on the, the RV. F- yeah, mm-hmm. Kevin Costner in this movie is my kind of guy for a couple reasons. Um, well, it may not be much of a river to you, but to me, it's the Mississippi, the Danube, the Amazon. <laughs> Hell, I brought you to a river. That's a nature kind of thing, isn't it? He also likes the Waffle House. Mm-hmm. He's got an RV. I love the fact that he keeps his golf balls. Like when you go to a hotel and you get the, you take the soap, which I'm sure yeah. you do. I don't really leave home. You don't leave home. Especially yeah. when he's losing. They steal everything. And, you know, I, I just, I, I thought I thought he was he was our kind of guy. He would fit in well here. Yeah. I just, go ahead, sorry. I'd take the seven iron, the one he didn't break. Yeah. I'd take the the chili dipped wedge <laughs> that was in two pieces. The uh, the best prop, and I know this is true about the golf course, but it's the thirteenth hole. They had to build the lake. I think the lake's the best prop. They yeah, that's good. Cup lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, How about the driving range, dude? I mean, some of those uh, numerical placards that are out mm-hmm. there have one of those up on the wall. Nice. All right. Well, one of the strengths of the movie, I thought, was the use of music really set the scene like West Texas. Was there a song that stood out to you guys? Well, can I say Kevin Costner's sausage might be a a prop? (laughs) I mean, he's always got that one piece of sausage in his mouth. He's never eating the sausage. He's he's rizzing up Rene Russo, smelling like Jimmy Dean. Yep. You know, do you you think he goes with a honey? uh, Honey syrup and honey on that sausage? No, I think it's just... just raw, dude. Just all that packaging. When everything turns for Costner with his gal, when he takes her to the river, mm-hmm. we hear Let Me Into Your Heart by Mary Chapin Carpenter. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite song from the film. Uh, when he finally hits the seven iron and the fiddle starts playing, that's a good one. I don't even know the name of the song. I got two nominations. I got me. I got my that's, juices. That's flowing. character flaw by Joe Ely. And I got my so juices starts flowing. Off and, yeah, it's great. The opening credit song is "Little Bit Is Better Than Nada" by Doug Som, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. And then they played a couple different times, but there's uh, "Crapped Out Again" by Keb Mo, that kind of like bluesy song. They I thought it was "Let Me Love up. You" by uh, John Lee Hooker, but it was it was that. Maybe we're talking about the same song. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that too. Nice. Let's make that layup line today. Yeah. Okay. All right. How about a Bevel Conway Award? What was the most beautiful scene in the movie? The Bevel Conway Award was when they had the CBS production team doing it, when they had the old school CBS sports flag 
it just felt it was a nostalgia bomb. I agree. Me. That that course looked great. What well, you know, obviously not in in North Carolina, and the the atmosphere Kingswood. of that final scene, I thought was great. And we didn't really watch a lot of like match play during the during the movie until the end. I mean, like mm-hmm. we watched him play a little bit. Yep. But it was like cool. They drew it out. It was like a long scene, and it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. It looked like the real thing, right down to the golfers. Yeah, they did a great job with the athletes in the yeah. movie. Yeah, I think you'd be hard-pressed to come up with a non-Bevel Conway. Love the driving range scenes. Love the Winnebago when everybody's packed in, all his people. After the Waffle House, another great-looking scene. How fun does it look to be a pro golfer? Like, night one, you get shit-faced. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had three hours to get sober. He obviously wasn't sober. I could feel that scene. <laughs> like, you know when you can feel... It was a Varsity Blues scene. Well, yeah, hang over. best music, then Romeo plays that little Mexican mm-hmm. song for him right there after yep. he passes out. Yep, that's a good one. I mean, um, and then night two, you have sex with Rene Russo. Night three, you go to the Waffle House with all your buddies and have a sleepover. Yeah. And like, you're playing in the U.S. Open. Yeah. It's like, being a golfer must be cool if that's what it's like. Pretty good itinerary. It'd be pretty amazing just to be that good at something. Yeah. Well, I don't the sex with Renee Russo, whoever it is. Yeah. You know, you get some some nookie in the in the Winnebago. I think that leads us right into smoke show of the movie. Oh, I gotta go back to the cast. Besides Kevin Costner, the obvious pick for me is Renee Russo. I agree with you, Kyle. I mean, she was she was devious. All right, any golden goosebump moments? Yeah, give me another ball. I mean, like, uh, there's something about when he snaps at the caddy without looking at him, and he goes like this, and he's looking at where he's gonna hit it. Yeah. I'm like, fucking relatable. I've never <laughs> been as good at anything as as Tin Cup is at golf, but I can definitely identify with being a self saboteur. So I and like just doing it your way, uh, confident in your craft. So I, well, not maybe not confident in your craft, but like this is the way I'm gonna live my life. Got it. And uh, that scene for me was uh, was goosebumps. Stuck in your ways. Yeah. I mean, like, some people might not like living that way. Some people might not, you know. Uh, Mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. That's a song about Roy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he does things his fucking way. You might not understand him. But uh, but he's he'll die young. 1992. One car accident. Cadillac. All right. Where are Ran they now? Oxygen. Sandlot exercise. These characters are still alive in 2023. Where would they be? Well, Roy's dead. Well, I'd say if Roy didn't die, he would still be in West Texas yeah. uh, at the driving range, enjoying life. Maybe, maybe that's how the movie was supposed to end too. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that's probably the most realistic ending was him not going on tour. You know, the uh, the monster goes back to his cave eventually mm-hmm. and lurks. I think he's got like a failed top top golf rival that's secretly controlled by the Texas mob or something like that. Mm. Yeah, he gets gotten, a little. You mean the narco? So they should do a Tin Cup too. Yeah. Honestly, Tin Cup two would be pretty pretty good. Like just I'd hint, watch it. You know, uh, Roy older, fucking some new Still got challenge. It, Maybe uh, don't mess with it. Huh? It was good. It was a good movie. Yeah. Don't fuck don't with, mess it. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that'd they, be cool with like modern golfers doing their cameos as well. Yeah. Fun. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's trying to get on the senior tour. They did a caddy shot. They could really just lampoon it. You know, you know, like grumpier old men. Yeah, they're just a little older. They also did a Godfather too, Macon. Speaking of grumpy old men, shout out to Scott. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's good. How about David Sims? What's he doing now? David Sims. 
He's, he's uh, avoiding watching Fifty Shades of Grey. He's <laughs> so I just found out that his daughter, David Sims' daughter, Don Johnson's daughter, is the one who the gal from Fifty Shades of Grey, which I didn't read or really? watch, but I know huh. that there's a the lot of sexy time. Hmm. It would be like a Sydney Sweeney type situation. My parents had to shut it off. So I think Don Johnson's on his like fifth iteration of that blonde walking out of the gallery. And he's probably Nance's Do you think he stepped up every partner time? in the booth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. had a really good career and yeah. now he's cashing checks. I got Republican Senator. Republican Senator. Ah. Seems I evil. See that. Doesn't care about people. But again, Miles seems evil. Yeah. I mean like the fans, but yeah. Yeah. I would put the Republican senator as the guy that Tin Cup beat with the garden tools who said, I'm going to report yeah. you to Yeah, that it. guy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That guy's a problem. Yeah. Cheech. Um, dead. Dead? Yeah, or 30 years. Yeah, past or 30 now. years past. Yeah. yeah, this is an easy exercise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some, of the, uh, some of the members of this cast. All right, let's uh, give our closing thoughts. Any recasting? If we did this in 2023, who would you like to see in these roles? Recasting is easy for me. Uh, for Romeo, I'd go with Michael Pena. Mm-hmm. Can we pull up a Michael Pena picture so we can all be convinced here? Uh, for Roy, if we're going to go real golfer, somebody with a real swing and that kind of demeanor, I'm going to say Brooks Kepka. Um, Renee. Probably Brooks a Kepka's terrible not actor. Cool enough he could pull it off. To be Roy, dude. Wait, uh, he could pull it off? Paige Baranek. I, I want to nail you down on this. Paige Baranek. Brooks Kepka couldn't act half as cool as Roy McIlroy. I think that's part of the deal. That's part of the allure with Brooks Kepka. It'd be so dry the whole time. So far, be... this is terrible. Tommy I Fleetwood. Think it's good. Tommy Fleetwood. Paige, Paige Baranek for <laughs> Renee. Okay. But she can good. play golf. But that's like, I, I just said that Renee's swing wasn't that bad. <laughs> okay. And she could play the I don't know how to play golf hmm. thing. And yeah. She's an actress. Uh, David Sims would be uh, either Bradley Cooper or, oh, that's or my David Sims. Tom's Tom Wamsgans. Nice, Matthew yeah, McFadden. I, I, I got Anders Holm for David Sims. Anders oh, Holm. I could see him being the like really annoying golf dickhead. Dude. Anders. Anders. Or it would be opportunity to Anders. everybody when somebody. Else. It would be uh, it would be the guy who played the Russian pitcher from. Uh, oh, Ike Barinholtz. Ike Barinholtz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll join you, Bradley Cooper, for David Sims. He would be great. I've got, uh, for Romeo, I've got Kieran Culkin, okay? I have uh, Anne Hathaway. You Roman? In the, uh-huh, <laughs> in the Rene Russo role. And Dave Chappelle as Dave Roy Chappelle. McAvoy. Okay, that's good. I love Like, this. a lot of charisma. Yeah. Um, just fuck it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you think Dave Chappelle could swing a golf club? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I see. I just can't picture it in my mind. Robert eye. De Niro, Roy Al Pacino. She'll st- still shoot. <laughs> yeah, they do the Irishman with Robert De Niro. I don't have anybody. Stacy directing. Give yeah. Shelter comes on. I don't have anybody. All good. Any closing thoughts? I thought that was fun. I really enjoyed watching that movie again. I hadn't seen it. I want to go play years. golf now because I of thought this it was movie. a really good movie. I thought it's everything that like. Um, it's hard to pull off a rom-com that guys like. Yeah. Yep. That's a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, and it's everything Summer Catch could have been. Mm. You know? Man, Summer Catch Summer did Catch. it for me when she was mowing the lawn. Yeah, well, Jessica worth, that was on worth IR from carrying the movie. that movie. Worth the, the whole deal. Yeah. 
Oh, it's about I, I baseball. I met Justin Timberlake, correct? I didn't Justin see Justin Timberlake is, is married to her. Yes. I met Justin Timberlake, and I just stared him down, and I was like, I just... You. You bastard. How did you do it? Well, I know how he did it. Yeah. The Riz God. The original yeah. Riz God. Uh-huh. All right. Take it easy, y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the ideal app for spending, sending, and setting easy-to-track savings goals. Personally, I love using Cash App savings tools whenever I'm planning a family vacation. I just took my first family vacation as a father. We went to Italy, Kate, myself, and the baby. But keeping track of all our expenses can be tricky. And it was. But it wasn't as tricky with Cash App because when all the prices are in euros, nobody knows what the hell's going on. So when we're renting a scooter, getting an espresso, or sitting down to a course of the Tagliatelle, Cash App had us covered with a separate account that let me track spending and set goals. So whether you're saving up for a trip, a rainy day, or a sunny life, Cash App has the easy tools to help you take control of your money and financial life. Download it for free in the App Store and Google Play and see why it's the number one finance app in the U.S. App Store. Good news. The Thursday show we do with AMP will continue. 4.30 every Thursday. The Greenlight team, Cowboy Reed, Fax, Kingston. Uh, I'll pop through there sometimes. On AMP, you can interact with us really easily. There's a call-in button. We invite call-ins all the time. You can talk directly to us, ask us questions, ask us our favorite music. We might even play some. There's also a live chat during the show. If you have a question about a topic we're talking about, fire it off in the chat. We'll answer. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing what we've been doing all fall, uh, every Thursday at four thirty on AMP. Uh, check us out. Okay, Mike, this is your baby. Take it away. We're gonna do a draft. We're gonna draft things from the nineteen nineties. Nineteen nineties were I don't know thirty years ago now at this point, which is hard to believe. They uh, they span ten years from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety nine. Now, I didn't know when we were talking about it if Kyle remembered enough of the 90s like i feel like we're even are... eligible yeah i there there was i was an 88 december baby so when i first realized where i was and who i was and how i was uh, i was probably 1994 1995 i would say oh age i was thinking cte <laughs> you know what i'm saying 1994 was probably when i realized you know where i'm at your 1994 was my what oh. Ni- 1990 okay yeah yeah Four years apart. Okay. Maths. That tracks. Okay, I think we can do this. It was a, I mean, I mean, take me back. Take you back, Kyle. The presidents were young. They were popular. Um, technology yeah. was more simple. Celibacy. We were all celibate. Yes. Life was simpler. I got the order for the draft. If you guys want to, want to know what who's going who. Well, why random- don't we go fair process yeah has yeah, this like been randomized i haven't seen this is ernst and young involved oh i'm sk- i'm sitting in scott's Ooh, office ernst and young. shout out to my wife Kate i'm Long. sitting in the i'm sitting in scott's office i'm the boss so i get to pick the order just make it fair matt okay i got three pieces of paper in my hand i'm gonna draw them one at a time randomly pulling from down here the first one is chris second one is Kyle mm. and the third one is Macon. All right, I'll take Round Ball Rock, John Tesh. Um, great song. Brings me back to walk, watching the NBA in the 90s. I don't know if this is serious wow. or not. Wow. If it is, that's a great pick. That's one of my all time favorite songs. 
ever seen John Tesh live at, at Red Rocks? Of course you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rockception. Red Rocks, Round Ball Rock, John Tesh up there just hammering away out in the elements. Man, that's uh, John Tesh. That's a name that I'm going to have to Google. Um, you, all of that. You know Round Ball Rock. Well, you two will know. I don't. Making Will You Do It? Yeah. Well, right now it's it's college hoops on Fox, which is so very foreign and wrong. But it was NBA on NBC. Like the peacock would come sliding in from one side of the screen, like that. And you knew. Welcome to the United Center. Michael Jordan. Yeah, I love that yeah. song. Round Ball Rock. That's a good one. That's a really good one. And you know what? I just had a call from upstairs, and my number one pick has been uh, taken over by somebody bought out my number one pick. Okay. The Alan Parsons Project, the Bulls intro. Ooh. Wow. Come on. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I just used that for something. We used that at my wedding for uh, the groomsmen and the bridesmaids. Uh, and recent, we use it all the time. That's a go-to. I'm surprised it didn't make my top ten songs of all time. Because if we're going all oh, time. I know when I used it when we were at the hospital and Meg was getting gurneyed into the uh, operation room, <laughs> operating time. room, to uh, to get her cesarean section. Uh, I was blasting. Um, what's the, what's the name of that song? Alan Parsons Project, Siri, what is it, uh, Sirius? Well, the nurses didn't appreciate it. Everybody just thinks, oh, my God, MJ's coming. When that song comes on, you know what I'm saying, the United Center. That guard. Uh, probably popping in the 90s. From right North now. Carolina, yep. six foot six. Oh. Michael Jordan, I do that yep. with my kids. I give them a big intro. They get excited. If I could poke one hole in that pit, Kyle, it would be, I think it was there in round 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm just like an on-the-spot guy. I'm a GM that drafts with my with my gut, and I had something else on my heart, which I'm sure you'll hear about soon. But that one came up. Chris said the song. You explained to me the song. I got into the song, and then I thought about the making. You're up with your first pick. Third overall, I'm gonna go blockbuster video. Now, I can't quite explain the feeling of going to a blockbuster video. Like you would have your heart set on something, either a movie or a video game. And them shits might not be there when you get there. And when they were, it was, yeah. a, it was a rush. You can, you can feel that big plastic packaging. Um, you, if you, this was a VHS, there's another one that you could pick. If you didn't rewind it fully, you'd get charged. Kind of the original Starbucks, when you think of it, it kind of drove out the mom and pop video stores. Kingston worked at one. It was called Sneak Reviews. He was there for the pornography. But it was just this big box too big to fail that ultimately failed pretty quickly with the with the netflix and they were everywhere they were everywhere they had everything i remember howie jr and i used to go we didn't have a nintendo 64 but you know occasionally if if mom and dad went on a trip the babysitter would take us to blockbuster we'd rent n64 and we would play the snow level golden eye see fastest now you could buy candy there yes And big buckets of popcorn. I remember milk duds being in abundance. There. We used to get the, the sour uh, ropes there on the mm-hmm. way out. Grab you a couple uh, Nicolas Cage movies. 
maybe a you know a PlayStation OG PlayStation game and is that where hipsters started? Because as you said, making sometimes the movie or, or whatever that you wanted wasn't there, so you had to watch something that was maybe a little deeper on the shelf. I think that's where people like Chris started to get into the deep cuts. Did you, you know just call saying? me a hipster? Not a hipster, but you, you yeah. definitely have a, a, a taste that dives deeper into the, the subject matter. Excuse me for having taste. I may be making this up, but I think when we were eight years old, we would go and we'd be like, oh, damn, it's PG-13. But how do you card a, a 10-year-old? <laughs> well, they're doing it now in Virginia. My daughter's got a passport. She's not even two years old. Okay, my pick. This is a snake draft, yeah? Oh, no, it's snake draft. Kingston, yeah, Kamish. The snake making is up. Okay, the yeah. pick is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, world champs in 92, 93, and 95. Playoff appearances in 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 98, and 99. How about them Cowboys, Troy, Emmett, Michael, and not shit since. Uh, no division titles from 98 until 2007. They were America's team in the 1990s. And frankly, no longer. 90s Sports Center. Oh, fuck. Kyle, you're up. <laughs> uh, let me refer to my notes here again. So, this is my second pick. Good, good pick, um, mate. Pres- presidential BJs. <laughs> it's a good pick. Probably one of the larger covered things in the 90s, right? I mean, well, we don't, we don't know. know if it was well covered or not, Kyle. We all talk, we're talking about it. Yeah, you get what I mean. That was a big deal. Presidential BJ's, a thing of the past. Why, Chris? You and I were just making the same joke, right? Uh, about yeah, dick size. Yeah. Both okay. Good. Yeah. Got we don't. It. All right. Good. Uh, a much a much uh, more decent political climate generally. Yeah, Ex- except for maybe the 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 sexual stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, I'll go Sports Center. 90s Sports Center, you know the old song, the uh, the the horns, the you know all the OG anchors. I mean, we talk about um, you know Rich Eisen, friend of the program. We talk about Kenny Main, friend of the program. Stuart Scott, Scott Van Pelt. I don't know if he was a 90s guy. Was he turn of the century? Maybe he barely fit in under the clock. Dan Patrick is who I think of. Yeah, throw them in there. 90 Sports Center, man. I'm not saying that Sports Center Day is not good. We have some friends of the program who work at Sports Center, but the golden era of Sports Center was the 1990s. Well, that's when we found out what the score was. I mean, it it was yeah. vitally important. You didn't have to look at the Daily Progress or the Washington Post. Dude, in the morning, can you remember actually going to sleep with no internet as a kid and a hockey game goes into like two overtimes? You got to go to bed. You know, sometimes I learn about the score in third period, but if I was up early enough, Neil Everett had me. That's right. Neil. Chris, you're up again. Shit, dude, I'm not ready. Uh, Lava lamps. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Lava lamps, man. I used to go to Spencer's, get me a lava lamp. I mean, I had an orange lava lamp. I I had a black light wall. I had a corkboard wall with all black light posters, marijuana, paraphernalia all over the walls. Uh, at that point, I wasn't doing drugs, but you had a mushroom poster. It was like a society of mushroom people and trees. There yeah, was, dude. It was a mushroom. I had like, yeah, I basically had like, um, you know, um, what's the movie uh, with Dave Chappelle? The uh, the movie oh, about gosh. getting stoned. Half baked. Half baked. 
basically yeah, I was basically yeah. I had basically I was like my room was like a half baked set, and yes. I and I was the kid that my friends brought me to a party and took me over to a maple tree and were like, "Hey, you you want to smoke some pot?" Like I had no idea, um, and I was I had a I had a maple a maple leaf spliff in my hand, ready to light it up, and the, the boys were like, "No, nah, you're a loser." So yeah, I had all that stuff all over my room, but had no idea. You had a bumper sticker, I remember, on your bed, uh, your headboard or whatever. It said "Gravity Rules." Did it really? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't know if I feel Sick, that way yeah. anymore. Uh, right. And a rules scratched out. It said "sucks." Hey, hey, kid, nostalgia. <laughs> generally, lava was like a really big deal. Like we were afraid of lava and quicksand, but like everything outside was lava. You know. Well, yes, kids, are, I got I got good news for you. You probably already know this, but Floor is Lava is like one of the most popular TV shows in the kids uh, in the kids uh, weight class right now. I did not know that. Yeah. So Lava is your pick. No, I I think you're up. I was just no. Kyle. You were up. I was just doing commentary. Oh, this, okay, this is this is throwing me it's off. A snack. Okay. I would say the Friday movies, Friday and next Friday. Oh wow. Um, for me culturally, shit, I didn't. I've never been uh, to L.A. And, and hung around motherfuckers that are funny like that. To me, culturally, I was white. And, like, watching that, it's like, looking back, the shit that we were learning in 1995 or 1996, whenever that original Friday came out, we had no business watching. But I think uh, it, it ended up helping us out. I was like, she doesn't look like Janet Jackson. I just saw her on the fucking halftime show. I had unique tastes for a Charlottesville, uh, you know, seven-year-old. All right, Mix. Don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood. 100%. Do I wear the Tech 9 with the sandals do or the we Uzi have with the slippers? Problem. I was going around free period like, do we have a problem? Nobody got it. My pick is the Oregon Trail. It's really oh. Oh. It's the only reason I know how to pronounce words like dysentery and cholera. Dysentery. I mean, it was the original It was the original x it was the original twitter you know twitter not ecstasy but you would just you would you would try and if you failed you try again axles and and in uh wagons and oxen oxen Oxen. um your oxen has died fording the river uh another one along the same vein mavis beacon wasn't as fun but technically you were doing schoolwork and it was fun type fast That was that's the most '90s thing ever. Is those floppy disks? Do you remember floppy disks? That's a slap the old slap the pod racer floppy disk in there and move a couple pixels. Man, '90s parents had it good, didn't they? I mean, you were like, I don't know if my kid's playing Oregon Trail when he was supposed to be doing schoolwork at, at school. Now people are like jacking off to NFTs in the stall. Yes, it's a totally different world out there. Did you guys see the clip recently with the? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego acapella group singing the theme song? I did no. see that. Holy Where did I Toledo. see that? Why did I see that? I don't know, but I probably watched it 150 times. Uh, the 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 guy with the braided rat tail. Yes. Yes. Was something. Um, they their ill-fitting suits. Man, they were terrific. I'm still up. I'm gonna pick. Um, this is uh, okay. How about this? Busy signals. You call somebody. Uh, it's it's busy. 
you get a busy signal. They don't pick up because they're on the other line, and you can't. It's like a couple beeps, right? You don't know what a busy signal. See, this is what I'm worried about, Kyle. I'm on, but I'm. This is what I'm talking about. I hadn't reached. Uh, what is the word? Uh, I didn't realize what was happening. Puberty. I wasn't making phone calls. Yeah, you were pre-pre-pre-pre-pubescent. Pre-communicative. No, I don't want to. I don't want to lump in too many. Kyle already said floppy disk, which may be on some big boards. But you you would use a landline to call another landline, and you'd get a you'd get a busy signal. You get an answering machine. The whole phone thing was was very different. And you know, when you got a busy signal, what you had to do was you had to hang up and then wait an indeterminate amount of time and then try again. And you might still get it busy. They could be having a real long-winded 90s talk. Oh, here's another, Kyle. If, if, if you don't want the phone to ring for the rest of the night, it's not, you don't put it on a do not disturb. You take it off the hook, and then everybody gets a busy. Yeah, I just figured unplug the line. We had to do that up here because we had um, in Montana when we bought this little cottage here, it used to be the phone number used to be the uh, American Red, Red Cross. <laughs> Wholesome. <laughs> so we would get calls all day and night. Well, I didn't. People are calling the Red Cross like that, but I need blood. I need blood. Like, blood. yeah, like people are calling me asking, uh, asking for a pint of blood. And you got any bandages? Yeah. Up in this motherfucker. Um, so we just took the phone off the hook. Is it my turn or is it? I Kyle's just see a turn? wagon full of people Kyle. from the trail showing up to mm-hmm. Chris's. Montana is this Independence Rock? We need tourniquets. We need tourniquets. Uh, so am I up? Yes, sir. Okay, I want to make sure this is a good pick, and I'm going to look at my list here because oh, that's I, good. That's... I have a good one, and I, I can't get down with the snake drop thing. I just don't understand. Um, Kevin Costner sports movies. Good plug. I think that you're I, running I, away with this draft, Kyle. You're a real natural. I grew up thinking that like, is this bad or good? Uh, no, it's great. I grew up thinking that Kevin Costner was a fabulous athlete, and then you know, as I've grown older, I also think he's a great cowboy, but. The 90s stuff, he was playing golf, he was playing baseball, he was a veteran baseball player in the minor leagues as Crash Davis. He was a home run hitting, just nugget dropping to rookies vet. Uh, and he was funny and he was like the, the heartthrob, right? For at least a young baseball player. And then Tin Cup, we just did the review. Check it out on Greenlight. We did that as well. That was a lot of fun. He's a great golfer. Too. Bull, Bull Durham, um, 1988. Not to. Not to nitpick, Kyle. I think it's a really good pick. Yeah, yeah you got to hit the mascot. I was a 96-mile-an-hour throwing left-hander, and Dad would tell me every game, just hit the mascot one time. Is it my pick? Yep. Being horny. <laughs> I, I felt like that was easy in the 90s. I mean, like, the level of horniness that I was able to accomplish in the 90s, I feel like is Guinness Book of world records worthy. I mean, there's no way to measure how horny a kid is. But in 1998, I was the horniest person on the face of the planet. Fast forward to 2023, 38 years old, there's more to be horny about now than there ever was. I mean, everything is at the the tips of your fingers. And I'm just not horny. I'm just not horny. I mean, I'm just not. 1998, all we had was, um, I'm trying to think of a, my favorite uh, swimsuit model from the 90s. Petra Nimkovich. Tyra Banks. That's all we had. Petra Nimkova? Yeah. Whatever her name was. 
Yeah, I was right. reading that too. Okay, uh, is it me? Wait, no, Chris gets to go again. Playboys? Huh? Playboys, yeah, but those were hard to come by. Misogynist. <laughs> I get it, Chris. No pun intended, eh, buddy boy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pick, okay. Daytime TV. Yeah. Yes. Okay, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, Jerry Springer just died for fuck's sake. Did he? Um, yeah, sorry. Jerry, Jerry. Yeah, he died, dude. He 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 died. Maury, I mean, he's getting up there in years. I don't even know if if Judge Judy's alive. Like at one point, I'm gonna look up and be like, yeah, she's around and Jesus she's. Chris. What is she? Judge Judy, man. So I mean, like there there was a there was a plethora of options when it came to daytime TV, and today, I don't know who's filling those shoes. Like, who are the next generation? It's like you know, with the quarterbacks. When Maury dies, it's not going to be like when Ben Roethlisberger retires and there's five exciting new quarterbacks. Like, these people don't grow on trees. I mean, look at the Wheel of Fortune situation right now. Vanna White's been there 30 years. She's been trying to get a new contract. They're going to end up tagging her. Like, it's a whole thing. So, daytime TV, not as many options. Shout out Ricky Lake. Shout out Ricky Lake. Rosie O'Donnell. So it's me? Yeah, Kyle loves Rosie. Go ahead. Rosie. Uh, laser tag. Yes. I mean, what are we doing if we're not saying laser tag when you're talking about growing up in the 90s and our parents throwing us in a pitch black room? In Canada. Uh, in a pitch in any town, really. That was the first time we ever played. We went, was to, we went to Vancouver and we were at uh, Whistler. Yeah, because Dad was shooting one of his movies. Dad was shooting a movie. We were young. I don't really remember it, but we did play laser tag. For days. I mean, just remember the feeling of going in and strapping that vest on and getting your sensors right and then making sure that you had your fingers on the metal thing so you could shoot the gun the right way uh, and you could go out track your scores that was the first time the kids were like tracking their scores and, and, and nobody does and another mm-hmm. thing is like when we were in Canada uh, I don't know if I've told this story on the pod before I think dad told it but Danny who was his snut man uh, took Danny. took Howie young Howie for a motorcycle ride in the parking lot and tipped the bike over because uh, I forget it was like they it was were on gravel. A dirt bike and there's some loose gravel. It was loose gravel. Out from under him. Yeah, it was like a it was like a freak accident. Howie spiral fractured his leg. Jesus. Two days later, they wheeled him into the into the the laser tag arena to play. Like he got to play like a Make a Wish kid. Uh, <laughs> this, like I, we I were we now. were playing so much laser tag that Howie, fresh out of the hospital in a cast up to his hip, got wheeled in there. <laughs> <laughs> to play laser tag. Can you imagine how, how mad Howie was when Chris and I went to go in there and mom and dad were expecting him to just lay low and he's mm-hmm. like, I want to go in there too with mm-hmm. my wheelchair mm-hmm. in the dark. Yeah. You could hear him coming though. It was like a, it was like a disadvantage uh, competitively. You could see his battery light. It wasn't like Debo's coming. It was like... Had, yeah, yeah. What was the name of the Charlottesville spot? Well, there was a paintball place called Splat House. Yeah, Splat House was cool. It might have just been called Laser Tech. Yeah. It was Alpha something. Alpha Base. Yeah. Starbase Alpha. Starbase yeah. Alpha. Starbase Alpha. Star. What a pull, boys. Starbase <laughs> Alpha. Hell of a name. All right, that reminds me of Starship Troopers. And the shower scene. <laughs> well, imagine how it felt that about that scene in 1998. 
<laughs> I don't feel anything right now. Starship I just remember Troopers, it. I think, was just a bunch of, like, budget porn stars, right? Yeah, they went down to, like, Brazzers, and they were like, anybody want to do a movie? They wanted to do a movie for cheap. And they all tossed... their budget went towards giant beetles. <laughs> they tossed a Bella Danger, a laser tag gun, <laughs> and they were like, let's shoot. Get those aliens! <laughs> Brazzers is now free! I'm picking something... Oh, wrong line. I'm picking something that predates the 90s and is also still around, but uh, just bear with me. Ashtrays. Ashtrays in cars. Ashtrays. Still use them. Ashtrays in airplanes. I know you do. Um, smoking on airplanes and restaurants. Dog. We would walk into restaurants and they would say uh, smoking or non, and it's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. non. And then they'd then they'd walk over to the table and just take the ashtray. That would be the non-smoking yeah. section. It's like y'all got <laughs> y'all got two separate zones in here or what? Because I can see that guy is smoking time. right now. Yeah, it was a wild, time. wild, wild as can be. Ashtrays. I mean, a generation removed from chicks, you know, with the bun in the oven, smoking a pack a day. Hell yeah. Those cigarettes uh, led to a bunch of World Series champions and you know Super Bowl champs. I love using an ashtray, dude. I love using an ashtray. Okay, who's up next? It's me. I'm gonna La last round. Wow. Well, oh, come on. Holy this smokes. is going well. We should just keep going. All right, two more rounds. Maybe we can do a robust honorable mention, you know? What round is this? It's about to be round six. Chris so we we got to go nine rounds for the 90s. That, that was Macon. Macon had his production hat on. That's what he said he wanted to do, so let's do it. I'm picking boy bands. Now, a boy band is loosely defined as a vocal group consisting of young male singers, usually in their teenage years at the time of formation. Generally, boy bands perform love songs marketed towards girls and young women. Many boy bands dance as well as sing. Backstreet Boys, 93. NSYNC, 95. This jibes with MTV, TRL, Carson Daly. Um, and now, like, we had to pretend like we didn't like those songs. But now, I think we can freely admit that a lot of those songs were and are bangers. Who's pretending? Well, back no then. Back then. Yeah. My, well, the problem my was... first CD at Plan Nine. Yeah. Was I went to Plan Nine with my mom? That'd be a good pick. And she was like, "You get to pick a CD today, Kyle." And I just was like, "ADD." I didn't have a plan. It's how I shop. Still, I walked in. I was like, oh, "I saw Backstreet Boys," and I was like, "Grabbed it." That was my first CD. Really? Wow. Backstreet Boys. By the way, Han the Hanson guys—they were—they were. They were they were almost hot, weren't they? They were beautiful people. They were beautiful people. They, 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 most of the other 13-year-old to 17-year-old boy bands just made me jealous. Like, I didn't want to hear my girlfriends talking about it. Um, but Hanson kind of made me feel funny. Mm -hmm. From a distance, they, they you know? <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Hey, hey, Chris. Yeah. The first CD I can remember yeah. that i had was fairweather johnson by hootie and the blowfish and then yep. uh guy named mark bryan comes and sings at your water boys function this year and i've never been more starstruck by a guy that can like walk around without being noticed ever ever yeah i was like holy shit that's one of the blowfish and that yeah he was super cool too the, the whole rest of the night i was just watching deep cut hootie and the blowfish 90s charleston south carolina let her cry i also got to meet nick lackey yeah 
Bengals game. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, by the way, look at the look at the Hanson. One of them looks like a teenage girl. Still, like Which if you one? went to the dance, if you went to the dance, no, the one on the left. If you went to a, <laughs> if you went to the like the high school dance so with the, talking about the middle brother with the the middle brother from Hanson, and you walked in, most people were like, all right. The middle one is yeah. The middle one is hot. No, he's hot, like in a in a heterosexual type of way. No, I'm just saying, dude. It was it would they were like an outlier. Check on the middle picture. Okay, uh, next pick, Kyle. Uh, my last pick. It's got to be something that went away for a long time. It's not your last pick. Something that went away for a long time that we all enjoyed, everybody on this Zoom call today. Um, and it's starting to make a comeback. Tiger's trying to make a comeback with it, but Putt-Putt. Uh, Putt-Putt never left, dude. No, 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 no. You tell me the last new Putt-Putt place that you went to. Uh, I went to one that had a pretty updated setup in Columbia Falls. Yeah, well, Tiger Woods has a place called, what is it, Pop Stroke? Something like that? You, I think it's Pop Stroke. You may be on to something. Like, like the design of Putt-Putt like, courses? I think that has taken a pretty significant break. We're probably mostly dated. Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay. Um, we need more. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go music videos because we were just talking about MTV. I mean, I, I couldn't boil it down just like MTV Total Request Live or yeah. Rap City The Basement or MTV News with Kurt Loder. Somebody was asking me the other night about. You know, do I remember when Jerry Garcia died? Yeah, I had no idea really who the dead were, but I can remember very distinctly up here in Montana watching MTV News and Kurt Loder delivering me the news. Like, this was the way you got your music news. And they had banger music videos of all genres playing around the clock. Like, whatever happened to that? I don't even know if MTV's still a thing, but... It's just Rob Deerdeck now. Yeah, it's just like, it's like, you know, when you get on uh, non-college basketball, uh, TBS, I think it is, uh, and then it's like Dude Perfect all year. Yeah. It's the same thing. They're just showing Rob Drydeck on loop. Deerdeck. <laughs> Drydeck. Nice pick. You get to go again. Yeah, good job. Uh, okay. Simple pictures, Polaroids, uh, low-quality cameras. Uh I think like when you took a picture, it wasn't quite like in the 1920s where you had to like schedule it ahead. You had pictures, yeah, low quality. Uh, You know, it wasn't like you got people together by a covered wagon and they had the big flash bulb and you had to wait like hours for the picture, that sort of thing, or stand still for a long time like they did back in the day. But it was a big deal when you took a picture. Like, you know, you only had so many pictures in the camera and people got really good kind of nostalgic looking 90s pictures. I love the date on the picture. I love seeing the little orange date on the bottom right corner of a picture. I love a Polaroid. We actually have a Polaroid now, trying to bring it back. But uh, another thing that high quality pictures did is it, it caused a mental health crisis. <laughs> you know, honestly, it, it, it has. Like cameras getting better caused a mental health crisis because either you look like shit or everybody online is doctoring up their pictures. And the cameras work better than our eyes do. So that it, it's like when you look at something under, it's like, you know, girls, they want to click and drag every picture to see skin and they yeah. all that stuff. Like, yeah. You don't notice that if you're just hanging out in conversation. Let's go back to Polaroids, man. Well, even Seriously. even disposables, do you remember all the, all the hope? Like you just had to hope mm-hmm. you took a good picture. You had to hope That's you right. were underwater up. disposables. Mm-hmm. Unreal. They were the fucking worst. That was a bridge too far. 
I got a, a, a the clown. My clownfish looks like a UFO. So, anyways. All right, Kyle. Oh man. Um, you want me to throw you one, so Kyle? I had low quality sports broadcasts, and it kind of crosses a lot of state lines here with what Chris was talking about. But yeah, I mean, not being able to see everything, not knowing what people look like. You like that? Yeah. yeah. You like watching a grainy. I like the old stuff. I, I like to watch uh, when we used to, when I first got in the league in 2013, I was looking at film from the Saints from when Jari Evans and Carl Nix were playing. And Drew Brees was like at the height of the NFL production wise. Um, and the film just looked different than when I was in 2020. That stuff's like 4K now. You can see everything um, so clearly. I just kind of like the nostalgia of looking at the older film and stuff. Yeah. You never saw an outline of anybody's piece. No, no pieces. No pieces. Uh, bigger shoulder pads, though. So that's that's my pick. Big shoulder pads. Okay. Your pick is big shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe the better pick. <laughs> that's a good pick. That's a better pick. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, fuck off, guys. All right. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to pick um, AOL Instant Messenger. Now, it really yeah. only took off like 98, 99. But do you remember if you liked somebody, you were crushing on somebody, and then the sound effect of the creaking door open, and it, and it, oh, yeah. and it could be the one. Conversely, mm -hmm. there was a sound effect of a, of a door slamming shut. And if she leaves without saying, hey, I'm up out, that's a bad night. You, we, yeah. we, would, we would think about our away messages forever. All the time. This is how people learn to use acronyms like TTYL. I did not. I still use full sentences with, with periods and stuff. But holy smokes, man. That was... Uh, that was awesome and stressful, and it was everything. It really was everything there for several years. Greege, Greege Slanger, 13. I'm up. I'm up. Go ahead. How many more rounds we got, Matt? Are you, are you still? Two. Two. This is the eighth round. Okay. All right. Uh, Mario Kart on Nintendo 64, yeah? Yeah, like simple Mario Kart. Simple Mario Kart. Yeah, because my kid is kicking my fucking ass in 200 cc's on Mario Eight right now. Like I cannot beat him. Like I used to beat him all the time. I took some time off, and now he's dusting me every day. And I got to do immature things like being like, "This game sucks." <laughs> you know, like I say stuff like, "I'm like, I, you know, this game's cheeks. I'm not playing it anymore." <laughs> uh, you know, like it's it's unfair. You know. Also, in in the original Mario Kart, there wasn't a blue shell. If anybody plays oh, Mario Kart, yeah, there was no heat-seeking first-place shell. Yeah, it's basically like, uh, and this isn't a political statement, but it is the like radio, socialism. It's, it's like it's like it's it, you know today's Mario Kart is like a socialist game because it rewards all the the players in the back. Yep. Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but maybe like a democratic socialist game would be nice where like my son who has no skill doesn't sit in the back for three laps and then gets a blue shell and the infinity uh the infinity uh question mark box kid likes to grind the youtube videos too he know he like watches all the best shortcuts and stuff like that. yep he knows the shortcuts. Did you guys play this game in college it's called mario kart but you uh you got three beers in front of you and then after the first lap you got to put your controller down and chug a beer and then you do the second lap Put, put it down, chug a beer, lap, 
Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Can we play that tough? So three beers, and then you gotta then you gotta finish the race. My dad at the wedding this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. got in a circle to have a shot, and he poured it over his right shoulder. <laughs> he, he, okay, so Chris and I were there. It was the the groomsmen and the bridesmaids, and we yeah. were gonna do the pre photos. Yeah. And they had the tequila out. It was like a white and Mexican wedding. Yeah, it was, it was Irish and Mexican, which is a great comedy. Funniest thing ever. Yeah. And it was a party, and they hand dad this big tequila shot. And they go, I'll send you, I'll dunch, I'll dunch you. And dad goes, oh, and throws it over his shoulder. And half the shot goes on his brand new seersucker, like, <laughs> beautiful jacket. Idiot. He didn't even notice. Yeah. Let's get these last couple picks in. You're up, Kyle. Uh, I'm up. I'm going to go with, uh, I was thinking about entertainment stuff, like bumper cars. When's the last bumper car place you went to? <laughs> I did last week, dude. <laughs> no, you went to an old bumper car place. <laughs> my pick, my pick is actually uh, loose jerseys. <laughs> it's on my list. Neck rolls. No, no. Loose jerseys is on my list. No, Kyle. Well, <laughs> loose clothed golfers. You should start with a monologue loose about loose clothed professional golfers. About pogs, and then go into loose jerseys. Bumper cars is the pick, then Chris is up. <laughs> off, guys. It's bumper cars slash uh, ill-fitting golf outfit. Okay, well, I will I will select Pogs. The the amount of dopamine that would hit when you opened a new little... little Slammer. Yeah, a little, a little pack of Pogs. You, you didn't know what was going to be in there. It was a mystery. I didn't know what they did. I didn't know what was good, what was bad, but I loved them. I, never, I don't think I ever played a singular solitary game of Pogs. I just collected them. I'm surprised yeah. because that's how I got introduced to gambling because you would gamble your pogs against somebody else and then if you slam yeah. theirs over, you get to keep what, what you got. Yeah, no, no. I got introduced to gambling when I was with Greg Williams. <laughs> it's a joke. He, yeah, I was like, uh... he, never, he never did any of that stuff with us. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's arguable that he even did that stuff in New Orleans. He did. Worth arguing over. Cut the snake off the pog, the pog will die. <laughs> Cut the head off the pog, the pog will die. Final round. Chris, you're up. Oh, final round. Okay. CD books. Yeah. Like just having a big book of burnt CDs, man, in your car. Uh, there was nothing like it. Going to Best Buy or wherever we got Circuit City. Oh, I should have drafted Circuit City. The place was shaped like a literal fucking plug. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was, it was majestic, but like, you know, going to the store to load up on CDRs, spending the day, you know, with the, uh, this would be a little late, but the chronic 2001 or something like that, throwing that on a CDR and playing in your high school truck, which usually had a couple of subwoofers in it because that was really cool in the, well, I didn't drive till 2001, <laughs> but if I'd have drove in the nineties, I would have had subs. That's a good pick. You, you put your CDs in the sleeves and then you zipped up your whole That's right. thing. Am I up? You are. Uh, Notorious B.I.G., Tupac, Real Beefs and Rap. Um, yeah. So Beefs and Rap. Yeah, like the, at the top. So my picks are Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac. Rest in peace, both of you. Rest in peace, but the reason you were drafted is because you were gunned down in your prime. Probably. 
this is nostalgia, right? I'm being nostalgic of the rappers that I enjoyed. Yeah. That everyone enjoyed. Yeah. And they're not with us anymore, so I'm nostalgic. It's mm-hmm. like it's in the name. Mm-hmm. Damn, you just blew my top with that. I mean, you just blew my pog with that. I'm going to slam your pog, <laughs> bitch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish things up with the club. The club, for those unaware, uh, is a thing you would put on your steering wheel and oh, lock yeah. so that people would not steal your car. Uh, it was it was red and go right across, and it was just foolproof. There's no getting through that thing. Frankly, what about Viper security? Like, not only did it prevent people from stealing your car, but it also was an effective ad strategy because it was like protected by Viper. Yeah, you're like, I didn't get one of those. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much every other commercial in the '90s. Was trying to get you to put a a club on your Dodge Stratus. Hey, listen. Here's what we didn't talk about. This is in the Pogs category for me. Beanie Babies, Hacky Sacks. Yeah. Hacky Sacks. That was coming. Tom- hacky Sacks was the thing that the cool kids were playing with, but I, I wasn't one of the cool kids in the 90s, you know, so I just watched them, and then they invited me over to their house to smoke a maple tree. Tamagotchi. Yep. Rollerblades. Oh, 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 how about trolls? I love trolls. trolls. I had a troll birthday party. BMX bikes. Remember how fucking cool BMX bikes Pop quiz. Pop quiz popcorn. It was colored. The popcorn was green. It was red. It was blue. That's right. Yeah. How about about planters peanut butter uh, crisps or whatever they were? They were just peanuts filled with what's in nutter butter. By the way, I had nutter butter sleeve. The other night uh have you guys seen nutter butter sleeve pretty good mm-hmm. uh also i miss the budweiser frogs yeah uh and um toys r us and chuck e cheese uh and scented markers that introduced me to drugs <laughs> because if you smelled those markers not only do they smell very good but i think you got a little bit a little hot map quest came out in 96 surge Remember the drink Surge? Remember having to print directions in your car or write them down or, Rem- just, or just know where the fuck you're going? Remember not having pubes? <laughs> yeah. That was hey. awesome. Remember not having hands no. on my back? <laughs> Making, how do you feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, you remember when we weren't doing a lot of driving, <laughs> but you could go pick people up at the airport and go to their gate. Like they would walk off the plane. You'd be like, hey, welcome. I got the car idling out front. You know, just walk right on That's through awesome. security. How about pre nine eleven travel? Yeah, like oh, look, I need to take a look at that chainsaw. Insecure airports. Yeah, exactly. I just think about how divided everything must have been because I remember how united everyone was after that. No, but if you're united, there's no division. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that, fun. That was a good draft. Good draft, making really good draft.